Welcome to the 318th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on January 11th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who did not let it stay in Vegas, Carlos Rodella. Hey, I'm back from Vegas, and everything that happened, I'll tell you about it. Nothing stays in Vegas when it comes to Carlos. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie. You know that about me. And is that uh, a lie? No, but I mean, like, I wouldn't like be like, oh, I don't know what happened in Vegas. But that's what a liar says. A liar says, I wouldn't lie. That's the <laughs> first thing a liar says. Okay, well, I can't, and uh, nothing surprising or crazy happened, so don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I just went down to Vegas for CES, and I was doing that as a freelance show. It was actually really fun. Um, I was in a mask, you know, most of the time, but at the same time, uh, it was a lot of really cool technology to watch and film and interview and talk to a bunch of really cool people. So I'm super tired, but yeah, nothing crazy happened. And that's what someone who had crazy things happen oh, would say. Oh, jeez. All right, folks, we are back. And first, I just want to apologize for the delay. You know, real life happens sometimes. Real life is what happens between podcast episodes. And so, although we really do try to maintain a regular schedule because we know that you love it. Who doesn't love being regular? Am I right? Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, and that's a tangent. <laughs> that's a little old man joke there. Uh, but, uh, you know, things happen and we got a little delayed. So sorry about the delay. Thank you for bearing with us. And now we are going to give you plenty to chew on for this episode here. Uh, let's just get right into it because we got a lot of stuff on the agenda today, Carlos. Uh, let's start off with some housekeeping. And as everyone knows, you and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. It is housekeeping. I got a couple things, Carlos. What's on your side? Man, I have so much that I'm actually going to take some of these boxes and I'm going to push them aside. And we're doing another show right away on Sunday, uh, basically because we uh, filmed this one or recorded this one late. So we're doing another one very soon. So I'm just going to put some of these boxes for Sunday. Okay, they'll keep. They'll keep, keep, I think. I mean, that pizza still is there somehow, which (laughs) is not keeping. I keep telling you to get rid of that pizza, bro. It's. I don't know what's wrong with me. But anyways, so here's just a few boxes. One box that we both opened, essentially, or talked about, is the PS5 having weird technical issues if you keep it, uh, what is it, vertical? Yeah, They. there was a story. um, I want to say it was from one of the British game sites. I could be wrong. Um, but they were saying that they, oh no, it was French. It was French. Um, they were saying that they've discovered, uh, a large number of people sending their PS fives in for repairs. And when they took the machines apart and looked inside, it was the, I guess, liquid metal T 2000, whatever Hmm. cooling element. It's, I've never heard of liquid metal before. I don't know what that really is. I'm guessing it's metal. That's liquid, but it's some kind of cooling element. And apparently if you keep your PS five in horizontal mode, it can settle in the wrong place and, like, I guess harden, which means it stops doing its cooling, and then it makes the chips get really hot, and then it causes problems that need to be fixed. Wait, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Back yes. up. Back up. You just said in horizontal mode. Do you oh, mean... Oh, I meant to say... No, no, no. I'm sorry. I meant to say vertical mode. My bad. If you keep Good. it vertical... Because no, I just sorry. I just changed it after we talked, and now I know I did too. <laughs> laying down horizontal, and that's the no, good no, no. Position. I apologize, folks. If you keep it vertical, as in yes. the standing up mode, that's okay. the dangerous mode. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, which is crazy because that's what they like build it like to be set up as, mm-hmm. and they give you a little stand for it. They do. So, well, you know, I, I'm frustrated with this because number one, we haven't talked about it in a while, and I think we've all become numb to it. 
But this has reminded me that the PS5 is fucking goddamn so fucking big. It is. It's huge, and it's really hard to find a place for it to fit. And this was the first time I've gone vertical uh, because I was like, oh, okay, you know, I, I need a smaller footprint. And, you know, PlayStation has tried to go vertical since, what, PS3? PS3 had problems. You couldn't, uh, You they said you could do it vertical, but there was a problem with it. I think it was the discs fell out of the disc tray. Is that right? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I think so. PS4 also had a problem as well. I think the laser scratched or something. There was some kind of other thing where they're like, yeah, don't, you can, but really don't because it doesn't work. And again, for the third fucking time in a row, they try to go vertical and they don't have it worked out. Like, I was really enjoying the smaller space and now I had to redo my whole fucking entertainment center. It looks fucking jacky as <laughs> Jackie. It doesn't look jacky. It looks janky as shit. Yeah. Uh, and I just, uh, it's just frustrating. But I don't want this thing to break because, like, they're still hard to get and it's fucking expensive and I don't want it to bust. Well, and also we have, I know, yeah, I think I do. I mean, I know I do, but I don't know if you do. But I have, like, version one of the PlayStation 5. Uh, yeah, same, same. Yeah, okay. So, um, you know, I, I have never mentioned this on the podcast, weirdly enough, because I, maybe I thought it was just a TV glitch. But a couple times, and yes, I've had mine in vertical the whole time. Uh, a couple times, my PS5 has done some weird things, where like not just crashes, but like the screen would get weird for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only happened like twice ever, and I've had it for since it came out. But then I I heard you say this story, and I was like, oh no, was that like a telltale sign of it like starting to go bad or something? So I immediately put mine in horizontal. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I read the story, I like ran to my my console, and I'm like, yeah. "No, go horizontal!" Luckily, as we talked about a couple shows ago when we did the PS5 wrap up, I've only played my PS5 for like 19 hours total or something like that. So, like, I'm like, okay, hopefully, I'm still within the good zone because I haven't really played it that much, not every day, certainly. And so, I turned it on its side. Hopefully, it's fine. Uh, we'll see, but uh, I don't know. Just got, come on, Sony, geez, like, don't don't tell us to turn it up if it's not gotta be good up you know and it makes me frustrated because i'm looking at it right now and it just doesn't look right laying down for some reason because those fins you know yeah the fins make it look like actually like my brother visited me the other day and he's like why is your ps5 laying down like that yeah (laughs) so if if he's saying that that means it doesn't look right yeah it's clearly designed to go vertical and yet they didn't work i mean what the fuck is liquid metal anyway dude like i don't know that's the first i've heard of liquid metal and i'm like i don't even should i even ask about this i don't even know if i want to know but well, either way, um, I'm glad we brought it up. And for anybody listening, go ahead and if you have a PS5, just you know make it horizontal. Yeah, horizontal. Um, just to be on the safe side. Just to be on the safe side. Um, what else you got, Carlos? Well, we both were also talking about death first. Death first, like shutting down, mm-hmm. um, because I was playing it and talking about it on the show. And um, yeah, I guess it's gonna go away now. Yeah, death first. What is it? It's uh, Death First, Let It Die. This was the sequel to Let It Die, which I loved. And I think you like Death First more than I more than I did. But, you know, free to play, PvP, um, you know, we, we you like it more. I had my issues, but I think we both agree that like the style and the theming is really cool. I really love the universe and the just the whole vibe of it. But yeah, the developers put out a, a message. I want to say it's about a week ago saying a uh, number of problems. Some of it was technical. Some of it was just, you know, the game wasn't performing the way they wanted it to. And so July 18th, so they're giving you a pretty good amount of time. July 18th, they're saying the game is going on suspension. Now, they're not saying it's canceled ever. Oh, okay. But the the vibe I got and the sad tone of the email basically sounds like it's going on indefinite hiatus. Um, I hope 
that means they're going to take it back to the drawing board and work on it. I mean, there's a lot of assets there. I, oh, so much time must have gone into this game. I love the team. I really want to support them. I'm hoping that they're going to work on it and bring it back. But honestly, the tone of the email made it sound more like kind of a sunsetting. So we'll see. But the bottom line is, come July 18th, the game is going offline for an undetermined period of time. Hmm. Well, there goes my battle pass that I paid for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess not till July. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I think there's they're probably just like looking for a user base, and maybe they will retool it a little bit. Um, by the way, there was some PVE in it. There are monsters and stuff. Yeah, um, those little AI dudes that roam the map or whatever. No, actual monsters. I don't know. Oh what yeah, you, the, the, what, the animals and stuff. There were right? animals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd go in and like some of the missions would be just kill a bunch of animals, and so sure. I would do that. So sure. I don't know. Again, those those maps are really small, and if they had any sort of more open worldy kind of feel. Um, I know that's not what they were trying to build, but like it might give some new life to it. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll monitor it. I just thought I'd bring it up. I feel like they've got something really good there. I think they just kind of misread the situation a little bit. I think they were closer to the good stuff with the original Let It Die. And I think they kind of, I don't know, I think they took the wrong messages from that. So hopefully they'll come back. I, w- I really do wish they'd come back and, and do something uh, with this universe. So yeah. there we go. All right. Well, let's um, go. Two more boxes. And then I'll leave the rest for uh, next show. Okay, sure. Um, Starfield is in everybody's, um, you know, tweets and stuff like that right That's now. That's the Bethesda one, right? Or is it Bethesda, not? Yes. Yes. Bethesda, yes. Yes. The new Skyrim in space. Um, yes. It's supposed to be super epic. Obviously, there's been footage. Uh, some of it's, you know, gameplay. Some of it isn't. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, people are wondering when it's going to come out. Because they said it was the first half of this year, 2023. That was already because it was pushed. Um, and then just recently, there's supposed to be a Bethesda showcase coming up, but Starfield wasn't announced to be part of it, hmm. which is super weird because it's supposed to be um, really soon. And I think the support page or somewhere on their website said it's going to be the first half of the year. Hmm. So if it's the first half of the year and, it's, and they're doing a showcase January and it's not in the showcase, there's... I have two ideas of what's happening. One, All right. what's is, your number one? One is the obvious one. It's like super delayed. Sure. And they don't want to talk about it yet because they're afraid sure. it's going to lose um, you know, goodwill. Yeah. The second, which I think is actually going to be happening, is Todd Howard in a recent interview said he would love to do a stealth release for mm-hmm. Starfield uh, like he wanted to do for Fallout. And Fallout did like a month or two, and then they released, I think, I think it was for four. But anyways, he was like, it'd be really cool if we just like posted something and like we came out two weeks later. So I think we might get it like in March. I mean, maybe one, I'm going to add a third idea to the mix. Yes, please. Um, I think it's probably entirely possible that maybe they will do a dedicated show just for Starfield. It's such a huge title. Um, there's so much writing on it. It's supposed to be like, you know, the big blockbuster, not only for Bethesda, but because now Bethesda's in bed with Microsoft and everybody's talking about Microsoft needs more exclusives. Yes. This would be a perfect time for them to pimp the fuck out of it and get everybody's like super, super, boy, I almost said something really inappropriate there. Excuse me. Super jazzed about it. Yep. Um, You know, do a real deep dive, talk about the features and stuff. So I could imagine that they may do a dedicated Starfield show. But, you know, again, it could be one of the other two things that you said either way. I mean, I don't know. I just, I agree, but it seems super weird that they would have a Bethesda showcase 
and then not have it be part of that. Like it just yeah. seems like I mean I agree that is pretty weird. It's pretty weird. So I think I think what's happening is Todd's trying to do stealth thing and it's it's actually finished or like really close to finish. Uh, but we'll see. If not, then it's going to be like 2024 or something. I don't know. It's going to be really pushed or something. Um, right. So people are th- uh, wondering about that. And also, I decided to bring this because uh, I always kind of, you know, poo-poo on Xbox not having any first party, which I'm not saying anything is not real. It's true. Um, or I just mean, poop if you want to, Carlos. not going to stop you. Poo-pooing. Um, <laughs> but here's a positive. I found a YouTube video. Oh, I forgot what the guy's name was. Sorry. Sorry, YouTuber. Um, but it was no. Look it up now. We're doing it. And he was talking about all the ultimate, um, all the Game Pass games coming out soon uh, in January or in 2023 in general. And there are a fuck ton of really good ones, uh, especially because this. You know, we've had a lot of indie titles, but uh, this one seems incredible. Sorry, I'm just looking it up Xbox yeah. Central. Xbox Central was the channel. That's the YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. So like. Just listen to this for a minute. This is all, all right. 20, uh, 2023. Coming in 2023. Yeah. And all ones that I want to play. To Game Pass. Uh, to Game Pass. Atomic, Best place to play games. It's a place to play game. Atomic Heart. Now, some of these You're aren't psyched for that one. I really am. You're super psyched for that Flint one. Flint Lock, which looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Obviously, Starfield. Yes. Planet of Lana. Re- oh, that looks great. Yeah. Replaced, which we've both been waiting for. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Lies of P, which is the Pinocchio. Oh, yeah, dude, that looks great. Fable question mark, because no one knows if that's ever coming yeah, out. Yeah, we'll see. Hellblade 2, which I think is done. Everwild. And Outer Worlds 2, which I loved Outer Worlds. Well, you did. So, you loved it. Yeah. Those are just some of the ones. And so that's just a really cool uh, lineup, and it just made me excited for Game Pass. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's great news. And, I, you know, I, I, I've been very satisfied with Game Pass. I know we have our issues, and I know... Not everybody likes it, and that's, that's you know, no problem. Everybody's got their own thing, not a problem. But I think the games you just mentioned, whether they are exclusive or not, uh, that's an amazing lineup. And if you're a person who likes to play games and maybe you don't have a lot of money, and God damn it, I feel that because this economy, like, what the fuck? Uh, I mean, that's just incredible value, even if, you know, even if those are available on Switch, PC, PlayStation, whatever, to get that many great games that we're excited for, for like, what, $10, $15 a month? I mean, that's just just good value just in general. Yeah. Yeah, I bring so, it up. I mean, that's just not even the whole list, obviously. Yeah, but. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So go over there, Xbox Central, and check out the whole list. And then, um, yeah, I just thought I'd say a positive because I'm always negative Nelly about uh, some of the Xbox stuff. <laughs> Which, by the I, way, next show, I have a, a big negative Nelly. So I'll save oh, that. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Yeah. I've got to brace myself. All right. Yeah, this is the positive one. Good. Good. I'm trying to think. You said negative Nelly, and I'm trying to think of a positive C word that can rhyme with Carlos, and I'm not coming up with anything. Oh, cheerful Carlos? Uh, Cheer- no, um, it's got to be a hard C sound. It's got to be... Oh, um... Clapping uh, Carlos? Caddy? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> caddy no, Carlos. No, that doesn't... Okay. Um, Anybody out there, you got a you got a hard C sound word that's positive, hit us up at the podcast, and I'll, I'll add it to the show next time. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, okay. Um, I've only got, like, one more thing, and then we can move on to uh, the next show, unless you've got any, anything else you want to say. Well, I just want to say this is the last thing, and then yes. there are still other boxes, but those, those little uh, crappy games that are, like, really cheap are still in the PlayStation Store, so we had talked about it and reported on it here on the show. Yeah, we did. That they were going to get rid of them. They haven't. They said they were. Well, they haven't because there's Bastards. the jumping cookie, the jumping cow, jumping stroke cookie the too. cow. <laughs> stroke the cow. That's a game. Stroke the cow. I'm really. sure it is. I, I absolutely believe you. So they're still in the store, and I don't know if you've checked the Xbox store, or I can too. I can too, but I think they're there too. I'm probably so. God, you know. Anyway, so what the hell? Okay. Ugh, gross. All what, right. What's your box? The only thing I wanted to mention uh, is that there is a great 
deal going on at Humble Games right now. Uh, so Wadget Eye Games, uh, they do a lot. They're like, I mean, are they the modern leader in point-and-click games? I think they very well may be. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of the games. Do you like Wadget Eye, all the stuff they put out, Carlos? Yes. I don't know. Name a game. Like Blackwell, or they put out, um, oh, God, Strangeland, I think. Like, oh, ba- yeah. Like basically, any any point-and-click that's come out in the last five years probably has come from Wajidai. Yeah. Uh, and the one, un- that's not uninvited. That's not right. There was, like, an incredible one I just played. And, boy, howdy, can I not remember what the name of that title is? Oh, look it up. Um, but, anyway, Wajidai Games, definitely the leader in uh, point-and-click stuff. And I've been wanting to get into their back catalog. I've heard nothing but great things about Blackwell, where you're, like, a ghost detective. And there's, like, a series of five. Just great reviews. Everybody says they're just really wonderful. Um, and I love uh, the guy behind it. And his name is Dave something. And, boy... Wow, you got the names pre- today. I know, we're so not prepared for this fucking show. Making an ass of myself on this podcast. Uh, anyway, I will look it up in a second. But I love his work. Uh, I think they're a great company. And the reason I bring it up is because you can get, I think, 13 uh, games from their back catalog for 10 bucks. I mean, wow. that's like less than a dollar a game. And I haven't played all their catalog, but I've played a lot of their catalog. And I basically love every single one that I've played. So I feel like this is a really great value that's worth bringing to the show. If you want to get into some point and clicks, there's some great ones. Um, I know that we're kind of hot and cold on them, but I feel like a lot of the ones from Wajidai are pretty hot. And 10 bucks, you know, like we just mentioned, the economy. Uh, 10 bucks is a pretty reasonable amount of money uh, to get 13 games. Yep. You can, of course, donate more if you want to because it's Humble Bundle, but 10 bucks minimum. So just want a heads up. It's going to be running until February 1st. So you've got, I don't know, 20 days to, to cash in on that deal and in fact I'm gonna I'm gonna do that myself as soon as we get done recording here I'm gonna put my 10 bucks up and get all those other games that have been honestly have been in my steam wish list like forever so I'm gonna swoop in grab those and I am good to go nice check it out check it out and I'm trying desperately to find that guy's name because I made an ass of myself and I want to see oh well name. you're doing that let me I'm gonna sh- show you something real quick um, go, ahead, go ahead so when I was at CES I found this game and I just it was a sticker and it was just at a booth somewhere, and there was nobody at the booth, and there was a poster. So I grabbed both, and uh, I just looked it up right now. It's called The Blackout, and it says it's a new style of game that uses block- blockchain technology. Now, I know. Don't be yeah, afraid. I'm out. I'm out. You're out already. I'm out. But the graphics are so cool, and it's a post-apocalyptic world, and it's like 16-bit you know, sprite style. Um, so I don't know anything about it, so don't oh, take me to task on what it is, but I just thought I'd mention it because I saw it. All right. Thank you for buying me time. I found the information. It is Dave Gilbert. Uh, so he wrote Unavowed. That's the one that is fucking oh, incredible. Yeah. Unavowed yeah. is fucking amazing. That was one of my favorite games. I think it was like my number two game last year, I believe. Fucking incredible. Not, not 2020, but 2021, I mean. Uh, Dave Gilbert Dave Gilbert of Wajanai Games, known for Blackwell, Gemini Rue, Techno Babylon, Unavowed, Hobbs Barrow, and more. Uh, so those are some fucking killer point and clicks. I do not believe... That Hobbs Barrow is included in that because it's brand new and I think they're just about to bring it to Switch. But all the rest, I think, are in that deal. And that's a fucking good deal. Uh, Dave Gilbert knows his shit. So please check that out. Check it out. Check it out. Okay. That's all I got. Anything else, Anything else, Carlos? Are you no, ready we'll to close go it up for now. Right. Closing it up. Getting on to the main portion of the show here, episode 318. We got a lot to talk about. Um, man. Okay. You know, unfortunately, I hate to do this. Folks, I want to just assure you ahead of time that I was trying my damnedest to find some good games to bring to the show and in fact i think i even tweeted about it i was desperate i was like oh my god i keep playing 
I keep playing bad games, and every new game I think is going to be a good one. It turns out to be a bad one. So unfortunately, just brace yourself. I think it's going to be mostly bummers for me this show. So just heads up. If you're the kind of listener that doesn't like the bummers, I don't have any good news for you. So I guess power through or maybe skip to next episode. But Whoa, we will be covering... skip to next episode. I'm here also. We'll skip my portion. Oh, just okay. Because okay, okay. <laughs> I have I'll some positives. No, yeah, hear Carlos's stuff. Carlos is good stuff. But mine... I mean, maybe you want to hear it so you know which games to avoid, but God, I, I was, oh, I was so frustrated. Every game I tried, I applied. Wow. I tried and I played. And I played. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a rough day. Folks. Wait, you try and play something. It is plying it. it That's pl- right. I applied it. I you applied said the it. right word. Oh, okay. My brain is, I guess, two steps ahead of me here. Uh, but yeah, every every time I'm like, okay, well, this is a bummer. I'm going to pick something that I'm pretty sure is going to be a good one. Nope. And I had just a series of downers but we'll go through those one by one but just heads up brace yourself get a cup of coffee get a blanket whatever you need get your, a blanket your, your snuggle plushie anything you need to get you through it because it's going to be kind of some bummers can i can i do a tangent on that real quick that yeah. maybe make you feel better yeah um and i've never mentioned this on the show either um is back in the day i used to read and i love still video game magazines and is it pc game work computer world i can't remember which one it was um, but it has it had these reviews in the in the back, you know, with the numbers out of a hundred percent. And because it was out of a hundred percent, you could get like some real clinkers or clankers, you know, that were bad. And they would have numbers like this game got a fourteen, you know. <laughs> and I a hundred percent just wanted to read the reviews that got like fourteen. Oh yeah, dude. because it's oh, yeah. super fun, you know. They're yeah. like. Well, this game is broken, you know, or whatever. Or, like, they talk about the NPCs, they talk about AI, or... I don't know, man. I just really enjoyed reading bad reviews sometimes, so... Oh, I do. I agree. I agree. And honestly, I feel like that's kind of where you get your best info, because whenever I'm looking up a game on Metacritic, I go to Metacritic all the time, uh, I just go straight to the bottom, and I read whatever the worst reviews are, because I feel like those people are going to be the most brutally honest. I mean, it's easy to say a game is great. Oh, great graphics, are great, uh, like, that's cool... But I want to know, like, what is wrong with it? Like, what is the problem? And mm. if I can get past that problem, then it's probably worth me getting into. But if I read something and I'm like, oh, this guy's problem is something that I hate, I'm just going to skip all the rest. I don't need to read the good stuff. Plus, so. if you go to those bottom reviews or the negative ones, lots of times they're bullshit. So you can clear that up because they could be like, oh, it didn't work for me in the store. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I tried to download it and it worked. Or, sure, sure. I hate this developer. Or, yeah. you know, monetization, couple- blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I've got a couple good ones where, like, I know that they're pretty trustworthy and they usually are pretty brutal. Like, I think um, Metro UK is probably the one that I think is the most brutal and most reliable. Like, I, they, I, I've never known them to really just, like, put out a bullshit review. So, like, whenever they give something like a 30, I'm like, okay, they're probably pretty on the mark there. That's a good one to try. Mm, but, uh, okay. Anyway, All right. Well, right. we'll do some positive and some negative. Let's go. Positive and negative. All right, Carlos, starting with you, you are bringing uh, this brand new blockbuster AAA extravaganza. <laughs> Shit. Portal Dungeon Goblin Escape, which I know that everyone is looking forward to, and I'm, I'm so glad we They've got a copy of this. We've been waiting for my review. We've this. been waiting for the review. So please, sir, tell us about Portal Dungeon Goblin Escape. Well, maybe not going to start with positive then. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I know this is a highly uh, anticipated review, and this will be my official review, by the way. No, I'm not going to do do that. No? No, No, okay. We're not going to add this to Metacritic. (laughs) Um, It'll probably be the only Metacritic review if you do it. That's true. Jeez, I'd be the only one. I bet you'd be the... I'm going to look it up. I bet you're the only one, dude. I'm going to look at how much this cost me real quick. i got to go to the store. Wait, when you go to the store and you've already bought it on PlayStation... I don't think it tells you the price. You can't look it back up. Yeah. That seems weird. Anyways, I don't know how much I paid for this, but I think it was like 5 or $10. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. Keep talking. Okay. 
It's called Portal Dungeon Goblins Escape. Um, <laughs> but basically, I knew what I was getting. It was cheap. Uh, I saw the trailer. I know what it was. And I was just in the mood for that. And it almost fit the bill. So this is almost a positive review. What, what is the game? Basically, you're, just, you're a goblin, obviously. Um, oh, there's a goblin story about Hogwarts, but we won't go into it. Um, remember that for next episode. Okay. Foreshadowing. Oh, I've already forgotten. Okay. So you're a goblin. You run around dungeons. You fight monsters. You smash everything. You get gold. You get um, health back. You can't heal yourself in the dungeon you're in. Is right? this like a third person like action, or what are we talking third about? Third person, little okay. goblin running around, you know. The Dark Souls of Goblin Dungeon Games, is it were. It says it's $11. Okay, that's probably what I paid. Or And there is there is no review. You would be the only reviewer on all of Metacritic. Maybe I'll do it. Let's let's get through okay. it. Let's see. All right, let's get through it. So, um, you know, you third person run around. The physics are a little off. They're a little wonky. When you jump, you kind of floaty jump, which is weird. There's no dodge. So you basically just have to jump away from enemies, which sure. is kind of weird. But um, <clears throat> it, it all works fine. Like, it's again, it's just fine. Um, and you're running around jumping, uh, hitting monsters. Basically, you go to a dungeon. You can't heal, but you can collect healing items, you know, in chests and stuff, right? Like, you okay. just smash everything. So you might get healed during the run, but you can't, like, actually heal yourself. Okay. Then when you get back to the hub area, which is where you do everything, the hub area has a bunch of doors in it, and you just go into dungeon after dungeon, you know, in order, right? At, like, one through whatever. And so when you go back to hub area, you can heal yourself, with the things you've kind of accrued, like health potions and stuff, which is a weird setup, but it works somehow. Then you can upgrade your armor, upgrade your weapons, check the, uh, what's it called, the bestiary? Sure. Yeah. And then you go back in and try to do the next, like, level, right? So I kept doing that. Um, There is a weird thing that you can smash everything. Like, you don't open chests, you just smash them, right? So you can smash bookshelves. Anything you see, you can smash. Just like real life. Just real life. And and like real life, you just get gold from it and coins. So, you know, just like real life. When I beat up my couch, quarters do fall out of it. Dude, that's true. But also, if that was totally true, like it was in the game, I would destroy my apartment right now because I need money. (laughs) I would just like, there'd be nothing left. And I would have, like, a, a lot of gold. You'd be standing in a pile of gold with, like, rubble furniture around you. Yeah, but then i go buy everything else. Buy it all new again. Anywho, that's not real. Um, so I did that. <laughs> and then, you, of course, just like any... It's essentially like a roguelike. You do that until you upgrade yourself really good. And then you go to a boss room. And then you eat shit, right? So I ate shit. And it's a spider. And I was like, I've upgraded myself three times already. And I should be able to handle it. And I couldn't. And he also like slowed me with like his webs and stuff and, and just did some bullshit moves. So I just kept dying. And then I was like, this isn't fun because I can't, I want to be rewarded for my, what I just did, you know? Is there not any like permanent like upgrade? Like, are you not getting No, I'm permanent. No, no. That, that's the point is that like I had done, every time I go back to the hub area to clarify, you know, anything you purchase there from that little store, you know, kiosks, you get and you keep forever, but it's not—it's not enough. You don't feel but like it's not significant enough. enough. Yeah, I mean, I went back to the dungeon like just this morning or something like that, and I went inside. Uh, spider, you got him halfway down, but that's it. And then I died again. So it's like I don't know what to do now, but I guess I, I just, you're gonna have to grind. Ugh. 
but grinding I didn't really so soon. Blah. Yeah, grinding so soon. I, I think it's mainly because the game is short, and I think there's a, what thirty levels or something. Sure. So you got to make it real fucking hard so you don't finish it. Yeah, in like an hour. that's all they want to do. But I'd rather finish it in an hour, and <laughs> I'd just be like, or two hours, and be like, that was a cool experience. Let's see what I mean, they you do and next. You me both. You and me both. I'm with you. Yeah. So that's the unfortunate part. Like for being such a budget title, and um, I don't know if it was probably you know not too many people that worked on it. I was like wanting to love it. I was like, this is kind of silly and fun and I can, you know, smash things and get gold. And I, I felt good in upgrading and some of the weapons looked really funny, like a stick with a saw blade on it. But then, yeah, I just got frustrated. I couldn't beat the spider, like the first boss spider. Maybe. So, all right. Well, um, okay. So how about this? Give us a little capsule and give us a number and we can, I feel like you've covered enough for a view. Okay. Because this is, this is something I think would be valuable consumer information with someone who's got yeah. dollars. Yeah. It's like a budget title roguelike where you play a goblin and you fight a bunch of monsters and smash everything until gold comes out. <laughs> but then you get to a huge boss and you usually are underpowered and that sucks. Man. Okay. That's the tagline. You can use that verbatim, right? And you're grinding like immediately. But yeah, then right? I'll finish the tagline. You could take this part and say... Um, so you have to grind a bunch, which isn't terrible because I kind of like the gameplay. So it's kind of fun and you're a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun and you're, and a, you're goblin. a goblin. Come That's on. That's amazing. All right, and so the, score and the number is... Fuck. Don't the put the fuck, fuck out of 10. No, 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 don't. Um, I mean, it can't be good. Jeez. What is that number? I, I mean, want to say. I, I think a five is perfectly competent and average. I was going to say five. Okay. So but you think it's, it's not like, even. It's, perf- it's not really five, is it? It's four. I mean, it's below average because you, you're kind of noping out pretty quick and you didn't care for it like a four. It's pretty maybe? much a four. It's okay. a four. That sounds fair. All right. It's a cool. four. That's it. It's I never. That's my. We were talking about bad reviews at the beginning of the show. I haven't given a bad Metacritic score yet. That's my first one. This is your first one because you've played a lot of really good stuff lately. That you've gone to the mat for, and now this is the first one where it's like, okay, not so good. So there you go. How does what? it feel to uh, to give a, a bad review? I kind of want to make it a five. No. Oh. <laughs> I know but for the developer's but, sake, because like, they spent time on it. It is kind of fun. But uh, Okay, so that's fair. But I will say, um, anything less than a 75 puts it in the bad zone. And I don't think you're going to bump it up to a seven and a half. And what you described, based on what I heard... That all sounds pretty subpar. Like, that doesn't even sound like regular. It sounds just like bog standard, except you had to grind. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't sound to okay, me like. Four. Okay, like leave, it, leave it there. Okay. I'm not twisting your arm, <sighs> but I'm saying. That was exhausting. <laughs> because all just right. the minute we know that it's going to be like on the internet forever, and it's a, sure. a true. I mean, this podcast is too, but sure. a true sure. Metacritic score. Okay, anyways, let's move on. That's all a right, thing. Yes. All right, I got a couple. I'm going to go through a chunk of them here and just really quickly talk about them. Um, the first one, uh, these are all on Switch, by the way. The first one is Kaiju Wars. Now, I will I will preface this by saying I feel like I am an extreme outlier on this one because I really could not find the fun here. And after I'd put in my time with it and then I was done, I didn't want to play anymore, I went to Metacritic, like I usually do, to see what other people said. And, like, everybody kind of loves this one. Which was really strange to me. So I just want to give people a heads up. Um, you know, if your tastes line up with mine, maybe you'll feel the same way I do. But, you know, grain of salt, maybe you're going to like it more than I do. Because it seems like literally everyone on the internet likes this more than I do. So 
take that for what it's worth. Basically, this is a turn-based tactics game, which is why I looked at it in the first place, where you play the uh, humans, the Earth Force, and these random kaiju show up. And, of course, kaiju are the giant Japanese monsters, Godzilla and Mothra and, you know, Ultraman-type dudes. Th there's no one official in this. These are all kind of like off-brand Godzilla, you know, off-brand Monkey Monster or whatever. So th this is not like an homage to... Uh, Toho films or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but basically a monster will show up on the edge of your map and it's all kind of like broken up into squares and stuff, grid based. And then you have these little areas on your map. They're like airports and army bases. You click on them. You can summon forth a certain number of airplanes and, and tanks and jeeps or whatever. And then you send them into the kaiju to try to make him stop. Um, so that seems like a winning formula to me because I like turn-based strategy. I like kaiju. And I got to say, the visuals on this game are pretty amazing. Um, I, Regardless of what I felt about the gameplay, I think the visuals are awesome. Like, the color palette is crazy in the best possible way. It's all, like, magenta and yellow, and there's, like, some darker colors in there. And when you look at it, it's like, whoa, what's happening here? Uh, the, it just looks awesome in screenshots, mm -hmm. really unexpected and different. So I think the art style is really cool. I will say also the animation is pretty awesome. When you see the kaiju up close, they'll do like these little kill shots or like you'll get like these little uh, monster appears kind of animation. And it looks dope, dude. It looks really good. And that's kind of what sold me on the trailer. Um, but as I'm playing this, I just I really struggled to find the fun. Uh, the kaijus are all really, really tough. And as you're playing it, you just basically... Click on a thing, send out a plane, click on a, another base, send out a tank. And it just it just wasn't really interesting or fun at all. Um, I just I didn't feel like there was a lot of strategy going on. I couldn't find any of the depth that I would usually look for. And I just I just didn't click with it. And on top of that, this game did not get off on the right foot with me because it is 100 percent not optimized for the switch the text is microscopic in this game Ugh. i even tweeted out a picture because the text was so small i was like oh my god it's giving me a headache trying to read this text uh and also just everything is really small in that game like it's an eye strain just really tough and the ui and menus are really sloppy um i think that they're trying to go for like a i don't know like a 70s cheapy b-movie sci-fi film kind of vibe but i feel like they really missed it I really would have appreciated just a straight-up UI, clean menus, clean text, and just to make that accessible. And then keep all the flash for, like, when you're playing. Like, keep the animations, keep the color. But, like, don't make me work so hard to to read the screen and the text and the menu. The menus were just, like, awful. I mean, it sounds weird to say, but, like, the menus were awful. Um, so I just, I, I couldn't get into it. I, I didn't find the goodness. I didn't find the excitement. Really, really wanted to like this one, and I just absolutely did not. But, like I said, um... Seems like everybody else on Earth really loves this one, and I just don't, but I really don't. So there you go. Yeah, Kaiju it's just Wars. the style. Kaiju Wars. It, the coloring, like you said, in the art looks awesome, but the gameplay itself doesn't connect with everybody, you know? So yeah, I don't, I don't know, think I'm I'd just... like this. I don't like think I like this game style either. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to you. And, you know, I play a lot of strategy games, turn-based strategy, and I, I like a variety of them, but, man, this one, I just, I just didn't get it. I just did not get what they were going for. So, okay. Anyway, uh, next one. Aircraft Carrier Survival. So this is one that I looked at a video and I'm like, okay, cool. You've got an aircraft carrier. It's got a 2D ant farm view, kind of like XCOM. You're managing resources. You're sending planes out. That seems pretty cool. And honestly, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Bomber Crew. Not that it necessarily had the same kind of vibe. Do you remember Bomber Crew? Do you ever play Bomber Crew? I Carlos? don't think I know that game. No. That is one of my favorite Switch games of all time. Um, it's put out by, I think the developer's called Rubber Duck, I think. Where you take um, like a like a World War II bomber, and you have 
little stations within the bomber. You get a cutaway view of the inside of the bomber. And your little guys, like one guy's at the nose gun, one guy's at the tail gun. You've got guys flying. You've got a guy, engineer, putting out the fires when you get shot. Everybody's got a job inside the bomber, right? And so at the same time, you're flying in real time. Uh, at World War II targets, like bombing the Germans, and you're like rescuing people from the ocean, and you're doing all these different like flybys, and like you're doing a, the outer mission of where you're flying the plane, but also you're inside the plane doing like the runaround. Somebody gets shot in the back, you're like, oh, gotta patch that guy up, you're, like send a guy back there. So you're kind of going back and forth between the views. I fucking love Bomber Crew, it's so fucking good. I, I, I beat the shit out of that game, and then I played some of the DLC. It's amazing. I want another Bomber Crew experience, and I thought that's what I would be getting with Aircraft Carrier Survival because, in, in many ways, it looks similar. Mm. Um, unfortunately, 100% not even close, not even remotely close. Um, again, much like Kaiju Wars, Aircraft Carrier Survival, a billion percent not optimized for Switch. Everything is so fucking small in this game. It's tiny. Graphics are tiny. Text is tiny. It's got this giant like PC interface where like there's all these like little icons on the top of the screen that you're obviously supposed to have a mouse for. All these little things you got to click on, these little pop-ups and drop-downs. I'm like, dude, this is not dude, optimized at all for the, the game, Switch. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures, and the game is on Steam, and it was made for Steam. It was made yeah, for PC yeah. screen. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely made for Steam. And it's this. Ha- I'm, I'm so frustrated with this happening where people are like, for whatever reason, the Steam to Switch bridge seems to be pretty easy to cross for most people. So there's a lot of games that are PC and Switch, which is cool. I appreciate that, but if you're going to do it, like I've said a million fucking times, adapt it for the Switch. Don't just put it on the Switch. This is a perfect case where I can't see what's going on. It's all tiny. I can't read what's going on. It's a it's a pain. It doesn't really work well with the sticks. Like it just the interface, everything about this is screaming I'm not supposed to be on this platform. Um so I try to power through, but then on top of that, it's got this whack ass gameplay where there's just like a lot of waiting. They put it one of those little timers where it's like click once for regular speed, click twice for double speed, and click three times for eight times speed. Because all you do is fucking wait in this game. It's like, oh, drive your ship out to the ocean. Okay, cool. And then I set the marker out, and you just wait. You just wait. You're just sitting there staring at the screen. Nothing happened. The boat's just going. I'm like, this is fucking boring. Even at eight times speed, super boring. But that's... The, the more ridiculous thing is, like, when you're looking at little guys inside your ship with the cutaway view, you're like, oh, uh, soldier over here Please go up to the upper deck and go to the radar room. Okay, cool. Instead of that fucker just going to the radar room, you click on that guy, and he has to literally walk in real time up to the goddamn radar room. He, like, walks, opens the door, walks in the hallway, goes up the stairs, got a couple flights of stairs, gets the other thing, opens the door, goes back. I'm like, dude, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to click to eight times speed to get this guy to hurry up and get to... I'm like, this is driving me insane. It's driving me so crazy. So I noped out of this, like, after, like, 30 minutes. I'm like, I can't even... I just, I can't even. I can't. I can't. You can't even. I can't um, even. I hate games that have the play and fast forward, then fast forward, then fast, fast forward. Because, again, you know that, like, I don't know. M- most of those games I don't like because I don't want to be waiting for anything or yeah. trying to speed up something. Like, there's a lot of strategy games that do that. but I just, oh, oh, just, oh, it just drove me crazy. When I saw the dude having to walk down the hallway, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. He I stops just... for a sandwich. He's like, hey, yeah, Larry, how, how you doing? Oh, no, Flirting some guy's just secretary. waiting for me. Yeah. It's fine. Mike smoking on the deck and Shane's got to take it yeah. down. It comes back I'm like fuck it, get ah, just, no. So anyway, Bomber Crew on the Switch is fucking awesome. It's great on the Switch, and that's a fucking hell of a game. I love Bomber Crew, like absolutely love it. Aircraft Carrier Survival is not Bomber Crew. So okay, anyway. Last one I'm going to cover. Oh my goodness, three Debbie Downers in a row. I don't think I can take it. I can't take it. 
I Can know. I jump yeah. in with something else? Jeez. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll pause it. I think we have to. All right, go ahead. I'm for our it. listeners. I'm just doing it for, for our their listeners. Sake. For their sake. For their go sake. Ahead. I can do a really quick one. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention mm. that I was still playing Solstice. Um, we, I brought it to the show a while ago. Yeah, you talked about it last year. And this was the, what, the behind-the-back third-person, like, quasi-souls-like. This is one where you're, like, a girl, but also you've got a ghost sister or something yes, like that yes but no okay. souls like no souls like at all not a souls like it okay. just has a feel and like tone of like darkness and fantasy you know but that's where it stops it's an action adventure rpg um you know and then basically there's some upgrading and skill tree stuff and you have a sister with you and you're both kind of specialized and have a lot of like supernatural elements in you so you don't really know what you are but you're not human and you have this thing that's inside you uh, and then you have your sister, who's a spirit, who's also kind of inside you. So wait, wait, wait! You got something inside you besides your sister? Yeah, it's just evil, basically. Oh, uh, okay. I learned a lot more because basically um, I played a ton more from the last time I brought it to the show, and yeah, I, I just wanted to tell you a couple updates about it. Uh, but it is really, really fun, and there's no souls like, and it is basically about yeah, running around, killing monsters. There's some bosses. And then the story, which is really kind of interesting. So I just want to say a couple things. One, I forgot to tell you about the beginning. Because the beginning of the game, they literally, like, let you ha- have, like, all these powers. Oh, and, is that one where they show you how cool you're going to be and then yes, they take it away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And normally, you know, I can get uh, annoyed by that. But, you know, the regular light attack, heavy attack is fun enough. So it's not like you're missing all those things. But I, I don't think I mentioned that the first time I brought it to show that it was so fucking cool. Like, it felt really good, you know, like these really powerful moves. And so I just now that I'm playing for long enough, I've been unlocking some of those, which miniature spoiler, but it's helpful to get people to play this game. It's about that kind of darkness that's inside you. It's like it, it wants to you don't want it to overcome you. But when you like let it a little bit, <laughs> then you can do special moves. Oh, um, okay. So that's why I'm finally into that. Is there like stage. a downside? Like, is there some kind of a penalty for it? No, just story-wise, right? Okay, the only penalty is in the story, which, again, is it's not like just a cookie-cutter story. It's very involved and a lot of lore and stuff. So, yeah, you're just trying to, like, figure out what happened to you, what happened to your sister, your past, that kind of stuff. And then, like, why is this thing in you? And then when it does come out, you kick motherfucking ass. And it's just really fucking fun. And so... The other thing about the gameplay is it's generally a fixed perspective, right? Like old school camera. A fixed camera. Okay, gotcha. But then in moments of like a lot of enemies attacking you, they let you move the camera around like normal with the right analog. But it kind of jumps back and forth between those two because there's kind of like, uh, you know, dungeons and puzzles and stuff like that. You're running around trying to figure out where to go. Uh, you have a couple different powers, like this blue and red power that create like um, fields around you that you can see like different platforms and stuff. So there's some platforming and things like that. But when you're just doing straight up action, you can use the right analog for the camera. So that's the style of it. But the other thing that is um, just really cool. Yeah. The story's really interesting. You meet this weird little um, kind of mysterious figure who's watching you the whole time. And he kind of like gives you upgrades and talks to you and stuff like that. And you kind of meet him all the time and you just keep, upgrading yourself to get like so much cooler you know it just makes the game feel better when you have more options of things you can do also the accessibility is really good when it comes to the gameplay side of it because i've turned on one of the gameplay elements that they wanted you to do is hit a button 
to activate the sister's powers. So basically, as you're attacking, the sister can like defend or attack and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have to hit a button at the right time. So I was like, "Fuck that sh- that noise," as you would say, and uh, and I turned on uh, sister does herself <laughs> does it herself like automatically. Yeah, yeah, she just does it. So well, see, isn't that's interesting because if you're going along with the premise of the game, uh, that's kind of cool because. Doesn't it kind of maybe give you the illusion that your sister is kind of acting autonomously on her own yes. when she's with you? Yeah, that makes I like sense it. To me. Yeah, yeah, I think they sense. were they found a cool gameplay mechanic and they thought it felt fun when they were doing it. But yeah, but you're doing you're doing so many you know uh, levels and fighting so many monsters. I don't want to do that every time. So yeah, I turn that on and it makes it great. And then because she gets upgraded too, because you upgrade both of your you nice. know, abilities. So it's just really fucking fun. And I think uh, underlooked. And I really want more people to check it out because I don't know how, what the studio is. I forgot, but it seems like it might be a small studio. Um, it's pretty epic. The only reason I'm a little dis, uh, not disgruntled, but um, the only reason I'm a little down on it, and the fact is that it's pretty long. And so I had so much fun so far, but I looked at the walkthrough just for fun. And I was like, oh, you have three more zones or chapters to go through, you know, and each one is pretty fucking huge. So I'm a little sad that it's going to take a while to beat it. But any idea like how many hours wise? Because for me, what you're kind of describing is kind of like a cool action game, which I enjoy those once in a while. And I like the idea of having the sister, especially if you can turn her on, like to let her do her own thing. That seems pretty cool. But, you know, I kind of I feel like a good action game is like eight to ten hours. And then after that, I feel like I'm good. I, it's rare that I play an action game that I want to play more. Have you already put in that much time or how much do you I'm, think I'm, overall it's going to be? I'm booting up my save game right now. Um, I don't, I, I also wouldn't call this an action game cause there's definitely enough RPG elements that like when it comes to upgrading and like the feel of it, you know, but it is definitely like, yeah, it's got some action elements. Uh, hold on. I'll bring it up. Oh, the, they had the intro so cool. I just want people to more, more people to play it. Sorry. I'm trying to do this at the same time. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I mean, it seems like something I might enjoy. I'll see if it's on sale or something that I, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't really had it on my radar uh, because it's been a while since you talked about it. And at the time, I was like, okay, it sounds fine. But now that you're talking more about it, you're kind of getting me interested. Oh, it doesn't show me the time on it for some reason. Yeah, that's fine. Anyways, uh, it's really cool. The only thing I will say one con is that they have these things called void challenges, which means you go into a little void and, and try sure. to do a certain sure. thing by a certain time. I don't like those. And I don't need them. And they actually don't fit with the story. So I also, similar to the button thingy with the sister, I don't think that you need those void challenges in this game. Because the story is actually pretty compelling. And there's a do you lot have of to lore. Do them or is it like optional? No, you don't have to do them. Oh, so okay. I've skipped them now. That's it. Yeah. So anyways, right. I just want people to check it out. That's my positive review, Solstice. Some positive for the negative to even us All out. Right. Uh, check go. it out. Check it out. And just as an FYI, it's Soul, like uh, like Spirit, like S-O-U-L-S-T-I-C. And I believe it's on uh, both PC, Switch, and... Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. I don't think it's on the Switch. So there you okay. go. Okay. Check it out. All right. Check it out. Okay, let me get back to my... Let's get back to some negative. Uh, So this one is really interesting, um, and I feel like it's it's so close to being cool, but not quite. It's called uh, Drago Noka, D-R-A-G-O-N-O-K-A, two words. It's an awesome idea. Um, I just feel like it needs a little bit of a nudge or something. So basically the concept is you are a person living in a small farming village. This is like 16-bit top-down... Um, kind of like Stardew Valley kind of graphics. You know, you've got like your little your house and uh, you got some tools 
and you you collect resources and build stuff and there's a crafting table you farm stuff that's all pretty par for the course but the hook to this is that you are your village is on the back of a giant turtle monster mm. and in this world there are a bunch of other monsters that are also wandering around as well and so you've got this village you need to like get this village going to support people on the back of this monster and then like the monster kind of just does his own thing and he'll wander into the territory of another monster sometimes it's just like an effect where like like for example uh one of the first monsters you meet is like this giant sea monster and we're talking like huge like like godzilla even bigger than godzilla size right and so your your village on the back of this turtle wanders into the sea monster area and what happens is you start getting rain all the time because that sea monster just you know gives off the water vibe and so like you can just your crops don't need to be watered while you're in that zone if you keep going and i'm not quite sure if you can steer the monster or not i don't think you can but maybe you can uh but if you keep going you will eventually have a fight and like you will actually have like a a giant battle between these two giant monsters with your village on his back i'm like that's awesome that sounds like so fucking fun and cool so that's what got me in because I like kaiju as I mentioned earlier in the show and uh, you know I like a farming game when it's done pretty well you know if it's if it's cute and small and fun but the kaiju thing was really what got me and it just it just it needs a nudge because it's so slow to start and it's so in-depth and it's so murky like for example when you start you got you're like an amnesiac and it's like I don't want to be an amnesiac I need you to tell me about this world right I need to know what's going on um, I'm more interested in about these monsters battling and surviving than I am about your backstory as an amnesia person. So uh, that was kind of a bummer. And I put in about maybe like three hours or so. And like a lot of the the things they don't explain, they, they start you off and you think you know how things work just because it looks like so many other games. But you quickly find out that it's not exactly the same. Like the farming doesn't work like you think it would. Um, crafting doesn't quite work like you think it would. And like their menus and their UI was so weird. Um, their button choices are really strange and sometimes they even change the buttons. Like you go into a menu, you've got like a Minecraft type hotbar to select one, you push one button, but then to actually sign it, you push a different button. And I was constantly like pushing the wrong button and going back on the other one. And one is confirm and one is not confirm. And it just was kind of a mess. Like it just needed to be cleaned up. Um, but then they'll give you like a bunch of these, um, objectives and they just tell you to do them. Like, uh, someone's sick, get the medicine. Okay, like how? What do I do? Like, where does medicine come from? I have no idea. I don't see a medicine store. There's no <laughs> medicine on the ground. I don't have medicine on me. Where the fuck am I supposed to get medicine? And it's like, it's like, do a spin. I'm like, do a spin. What the fuck are you talking about? Do a spin. What? Do, how do I spin? I, like, you know. So I just like, I get on the D-pad and I spin my person around. That doesn't help. I don't, what? What am I, what am I supposed to do? It's like jump. I'm like, how? How, bitch? How? Like they don't tell you anything. Um, so the tutorial is really like lack of tutorial is really busted. And I just, it was just grind. It was like, you know, build this house, do this thing, do this thing. I'm like, man, get me to the good stuff first. Like hook me before you start drowning me in all this like busy work that every other game can do. Right. Mm. So I stumbled and fumbled. I got really frustrated and I wanted to see some big monsters. I wanted to see some action. And it's just like this mess of like crafting and farming and about like two and a half hours after I was playing, I discovered that there's a menu deep buried in the menus that tells you exactly what you're supposed to do. But it didn't like, just tell me that. Like, so like to do the spin, you had to like grab a person, hold a, and then like push this other way. And then that does it. If you do it 10 times in a row. Okay, cool. I could have done that two hours ago. You should have just told me that. Right. Or to jump, you got to like push on this thing, you know, push a, and then your character will hop over it. 
I didn't figure that out. I didn't even really even need to jump. I could just walk around like there was no need to jump. How would I figure that out? Get the get the medicine. Oh, you got to get the crafting stone and then you find the mushroom and then you blend it up with this elixir. OK, how would I have known? I would have known that. I yeah. you got you got to help me out. So I found that that menu, which should have been front and center, should have been the first thing they show you. And it should have popped up them tooltips. If you didn't figure it out in three minutes, the tooltip should have popped up. Like, help a brother out here, okay? So, like, I just spent so much time being frustrated and bogged down in the crafting and trying to figure out how to build the walls of the house and trying to farm. And I didn't really get to any of the cool monster stuff. And I was like, this is just really, really frustrating and really not optimized. The person who put this together clearly had a lot of love for this game. They clearly had a good vision. And I'm, I'm on board with the vision. I think the vision's great. But they did not communicate that vision well. They did not get me in as a player. They did not... Um, show me their ideas in an uh, appreciable way the pacing was really off i mean i didn't get to do anything cool in like the first three hours and i was just like i need some kind of hook to keep going on this otherwise yeah. there's a million other games that are literally just like this that i could play i could go play stardew valley who does a much better job i could go play graveyard keeper which does a way better job than this and it's way more interesting you know like you've got to get me in yep um so it was just really frustrating and i really was bummed because you watch the trailer and you're like oh dude village kaiju battles like this looks cool as shit and you get into it and it's just like oh i'm just i'm exhausted and frustrated so yeah we see it all the time it's implementation and it's hook and mm -hmm. um you gotta wanna you gotta wanna keep doing it and it reminds me of things like a, a good movie or a good um series premise you know where you're like you watch a trailer and you're like oh i'm all in and then it's like the execution of it is not what you want it, yeah. does, it doesn't hook you you know yeah, I just need developers to realize that, like, we are not in your head. And you may have the most amazing vision in your head, and you probably do, right? But, like, it, I can't get inside your head. You need to get that vision out in a way that other people can appreciate. And that's really the hard part, right? That's the difficulty of getting your ideas out, making sure they're clear, approachable, digestible. Communicate those things, and that's when we really become, like, a part of your vision and really can appreciate it. If you... If you just throw it out there and expect us to kind of fight and to, you know, claw and and scratch our way to get inside your vision. I mean, I, as I said a million times, there's like 85,000 other games that are fighting for my attention. And if this one doesn't even get the beginning part right, I'm not going to stick around to see if it gets better later on. Like you need to you got to help me out. Got to help me out. So that's the third time I did that. Yeah. OK, let me give you one more. Wait, do I get another? You do. You got I got a bad one. I got a good one. So we're going to okay. do we're going to do two more. So the bad one, Lone Ruin. Uh, this is a new isometric roguelike action game. It's kind of like a twin stick shooter uh, where left stick is move, right stick is aim. You play a little wizard person and you get various magic powers uh, and they get assigned to the shoulder buttons because they always want your thumbs on the stick. They never want you to take your thumbs off because you constantly have to like aim and stuff. Um, it's got a cool look to it. Like there's a lot of purple and dark shapes and like when you look at screenshots you're like oh that looks pretty stylish like the pixel work is pretty cool but as you're playing it um i had a lot of problems with it um so number one i think visibility is not great uh the isometric uh perspective is kind of difficult semi-isometric um and so i could i sometimes couldn't tell like what was an edge that i could fall off and what was a stairs and what was a where can i walk and where can i not walk so that wasn't working for me really well like if you're going to do a game like this that's really intense twin stick shooter ish visibility has got to be key you got to know what you're doing at all times well just um, to that point like i'm looking at the trailer yeah. or the, some gameplay and it's like super yeah. purple and dark yeah it's really purple so yeah. you're like what what's the purple that i can stand on 
Yeah, it's kind of too monochromatic in that way. And I feel like that was where like a still shot of it looks kind of neat. But um, in the first section, like all the areas look the same. and It's really hard to tell, differentiate what's going on. Um, the other thing that I had that kind of took me by surprise and I kind of questioned is that you get swarmed by enemies in this game, like bats and worms and spiders or whatever. They'll kind of appear and rush towards you, but they also shoot at you. And that doesn't sound, I guess, too strange talking about here on the show. But as you're playing it, it has a tremendous effect on gameplay because in a game like this, you're usually dodging enemies and maintaining distance and shooting back at them. And you're usually like dealing with a swarm. That's all true. But not only are you swarmed, they're also shooting back at you and they shoot really fast. And so you're every enemy, basically, you have to dodge twice, like dodge them and dodge their bullet. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to communicate how difficult that is, but I found it to be extremely difficult and I felt it to be too much. I think the developer was a little bit overzealous and maybe they tuned it to their own liking a little bit too much. I mean, maybe that would be fine for a later level, but I find that usually the best kind of twin stick shooters give you a difference between enemies that shoot and enemies that rush you. They don't usually do both. And mm -hmm. when you got one that does both, that's actually really difficult and not fun. Um, so that was a problem. I also found that I, I died on a run and I got sent back and it was like, I had to watch the opening cutscene again and like literally nothing, there was no permanence, nothing continued. I didn't level up in any way. Um, it wanted me to upload a high score and that was it. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess. I mean, I'm not really a score chaser, but I was kind of hoping there'd be a little bit permanence, a little bit of progression like we talk about in modern roguelikes. That's what we really like. Um, I didn't find any of that. And I found it really irritating that I watched that fucking cutscene again. Um, I died a couple more times, didn't make it to the end of the, the run. It, from what I can tell, it seems like they want you to get through three big sections and then maybe... I don't know, end of the game, or maybe there's a new section, or I don't know. I only made it about two-thirds of the way through, and, uh, you know, the bosses were kind of tough. Felt like a little bullet spongy. Um, and uh, it's interesting because I got to the end of that. You didn't get anything. You didn't have any progression. And then I think on the third or fourth run, the whole thing crashed on me. Like, it, I got white screen. The entire oh. switch turned white. And then it was like, I was like, wait, is this a, is this a story thing? Am I... Is my character a cutscene? Yeah, is the cutscene starting? Am I, is my spirit reincarnating? Like, what's? Oh no, it's just a bug. It crashed. So, um, I didn't have a very good time with Lone Ruin. I think it looks cool in videos and trailers and screenshots, but as I played it, I'm like, this. I'm not quite sure what they're going for, but the really quick, high difficulty score chasey, no progression roguelike is not something that I think I'm in the market for. Yeah, so. I'm so far out when you said no progression. I'm so far out. And it sucks yeah. because I'm looking at it and it does look really fucking cool. It's like a perfectly shareable GIFs and images and videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because the, there's a dash that I like, it looks pretty cool and yep, fun. there's a dash. Yeah. But yeah, man, if it's just like go through and try to beat it, you know, I'm out. Yeah, I'm so far out. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's more to it, but I didn't see anything else. Nothing nothing clued me that there might be more to it than that, what I saw. So, yeah, I'm out too. So, Lone Ruin, that is, that is no-go for me. Um, one more. This is a good one, though. I'm going to start. I got a good one, finally. Wait, do you have any other games after this? I have one more game after this, yes. Wait, do how many games do I have? I have you have two, two more. games. Okay, got it. Just sorry. Go no, ahead. no worries. Um, Vampire Survivors we talked about this maybe last week or the week before they put out a brand new DLC and I mentioned it uh, a while ago it's like two dollars yep um, and I you know I, I'm not sure if it's I guess I'm confused because my wife went to go I told her about it she went to go download it and she just like she just got it like she didn't have to buy it so I guess I'm confused I thought it was two bucks maybe it's free I'm not sure because she definitely didn't buy it but she got it and I'm not sure how she got it 
So I don't know. I'll go, anyway, I'll go to mine in my library right now and see if I can just get yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's free. Maybe it's two bucks. Either way, it's, 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 it's affordable. Uh, but basically, I, I dove into it this time around. I, I got through about half of it, I think. It's the same old good-ass survivors stuff that you like. Um, you get a character. You get your power-ups. You kind of survive. Single stick shooter. It's all good stuff. It has an um, Asian theme to it where the characters you get definitely look like they're kind of um, uh, Asian in terms of like their hairstyles and their clothing. Uh, one person has a sword that's kind of like the Muramasa uh, or maybe even the Masamune where it's like you attack guys, but it, it costs you life when you attack people. Uh, the next character has a bunch of cherry blossoms that are falling, obviously playing off of like Japanese cherry blossoms and those kind of circle around you. The next person has like the four seasons. Um, I don't know, implying kind of a harmonious nature sort of a thing where uh, it'll be like winter, spring, summer, fall, but there are like explosions, uh, explosions of seasons on your screen and like wipes out these giant areas of enemies. Um, it's really cool. It's just, it's, it's nothing new. It's nothing that changes how you play the game, but it does add a bunch of new characters it adds a bunch of new evolutions for weapons. Uh, there are some new unlocks to get. So if you want more Vampire Survivors, and I think most people probably do because it's awesome, uh, for either free slash $2, this is a great, great add-on. I'm having a great time with it. Again, doing like I did before, one or two runs a day, 15, 20 minutes here, yeah. 15, 20 minutes there. It's great. It's, it's, it's just good stuff, man. It's called Mount Moonspell. It's, like, yes. it's their largest map ever, they said. And it's... Um the actual uh, uh, DLC is called the Fall of Moonvale, so it's the Eastern Lands. There you go. Uh, there you and go. then yeah, all these new characters and stuff. It looks cool, and the, the map is massive. So, yeah. uh, by the way, I think I got. I think I told you that I had Vampire Survivors early access. You did, yeah. So I went into my library just now, and even though it's in my library, it says buy Vampire Survivors. What? Um, it didn't upgrade it like the full version. Oh no, I'm sorry. It says buy Vampire Survivors Legacy of Moonspell. So like. I have to buy the DLC. Okay, so you need to buy it then. Okay. I don't think I have everything, yeah. That's weird. Okay, I don't it know. looks cool. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's good stuff. Either way, 0 or $2. It's not a big commitment either way. Oh, but yeah. yeah. You want more Vampire Survivors? This is it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Check All right, back it to you. out. Absolutely check it out. Carlos, Candria or Condria? Condria? I don't, I don't know. know. None of us know. <laughs> we, we don't know. No one will ever know. No one will ever know. K-A-N-D-R-I-A. Uh, we were provided a code for this for the purpose of talking about here on the show, which we're doing right now in real time. But I know literally nothing about this one. So why don't you fill us in, sir? Yeah. Um, and by the way, just for uh, what you say, transparency is how you say it. For transparency, uh, whenever we do get the potential to get codes, um, maybe 95% of the time um, I get a code specifically for this show. I chose it. Like I'm like... I see something about this game. I really, really want to play it. I think you do too, obviously. But like, you don't want you don't want to go into a game that you don't like. But I definitely like. Um, I'm usually pretty damn excited about. You know what I mean? Each game, even if we get a code yeah, for it. you're you're kind of self selecting the titles that you want. Like at Game Critics, we don't force anybody to play a game they don't want to play. So right, right, right. Anytime you or me or anybody at the website covers a game it's because they wanted to like i never right. force anybody yeah yeah i guess that's the blanket statement for all of us is what i'm saying so anyways that's why i found this and i was like really excited and then we had the opportunity to get a code but yeah what is it it is a 2d um i guess it's an action adventure game there is still like upgrading and stuff um i think we should probably have a whole episode just like what is an rpg <laughs> Because oh my god, that's like nine episodes, dude. I know. Um, I wouldn't call it an RPG at all. It's an action adventure story based game. 
um, but with some farming and harvesting elements. Are we talking like a kind of a 2D platformer style game? Or 2D, uh, pixelated graphics. Side view? Side view. Running up and down. Metroidvania, in a way. Like the stages are, you know, you go left to right, go to next stage, go up and down, a lot of vertical stages. Uh, you have a map. It looks like Metroidvania, right? You can see all the different, you know, places you've been to. The two really cool things are, one, um, yes, you do have an attack. So you have a light attack and a heavy attack. You can upgrade your sword. You have a sword. Uh, and then there is the ability to basically go anywhere from the beginning. So unlike Metroidvania, where you like, you know, areas are locked out because right. you can't get to them. Gotta get the double jump. Yeah. You can go anywhere from the beginning, which I like. So it's kind of got that, I guess you want to call it open world uh, feel. So what? who are you and what is the game? The game is you are an android, a woman android that is found by a group of people um, and they bring you back to their camp and you're in a post-apocalyptic world where all these all these buildings are destroyed. And there's not many people left. And there's two factions and you're part of one faction. And guess what? You're worrying with the other faction because, of course, people. What else would you do? Humans. Am I right or am I right? Um, <laughs> anyways, there's also like rogue androids and stuff, so you have to fight them. And I'm sure there's other like enemies. I've, I've encountered them. But the whole gameplay loop is you're the android who's been found so you have like these, you know, cool abilities and you're going to go and help the people that you are um, in camp with to go do things that they can't do. You know, you're going to go to explore the whole map and try to find a new home for them and uh, fight monsters and get shit. So as you go out and do that, again, wherever you want to go, anytime you want to go, there's quests and side quests, but you can just kind of pick where you want to go. That freedom is really fun, uh, especially in a game like this, which is like a 2D Metroidvania style. I'm usually, you know, locked out of areas or we've talked about it before, even with like, um, what's the game that you love that I brought that I gave you the color one, um, colors of greed. Nope. Grime. Grime. Yeah. Color of rot. Color of rot. Like, you know, you can't get to certain areas. You can't do certain yes, things. Yes. Um, this is just, yeah, do whatever you want. And then, you know, if you die, you die, but just try to pull it off. Um, and there's this the ability of like, you can climb the walls, which is not like, I don't mean like, um, platforming where you jump against the wall but like you actually climb it and that takes oh, okay. stamina which is That's interesting. a nice change yeah um you can jump and dash and dash in the air and you need that for puzzles um and yeah all of it just feels really good like all the the controls handle really well and then um the, uh, there's a couple of downsides is that a couple of the kind of dangers in the world if you hit them it's instant death and i don't think they even needed that i don't know why they even have that because when you're fighting bad guys or monsters or whatever you can like get hurt you know but for some reason some of the spiky things just kill you yeah and that's i think a mis misplaced um thing An unnecessary hazard huh yeah it doesn't really feel like it adds anything and there was so last night i was like just trying to get back to camp and i was just eating shit for like 12 times in a row because i couldn't do this jump you know what happens when you die? Do you get like a checkpoint? You get back, get it, yeah. back a few minutes or what? It goes back like a little bit on the map somewhere, but it was enough to bother me. You know what I mean? I was like, okay. yeah, I have to yeah. do that four jumps or five jumps in a row now. Sure, sure. Um, minus that, the, the, there's other things like harvesting. Like literally you're like you're going and finding like resources. You're doing some fishing. So there's like a little chill element to it. You mentioned Terraria earlier, you know. It's got kind of a vibe at that time. Mm-hmm. Because you're just exploring, you know, and just doing shit. And like they said, you can do it whenever you want in any order. So right now I'm like looking for mushrooms or something. And 
but then if I find some bad robots, I'll kill them. And um, they, and like they said in the description, you could just like go anywhere at any time. So you keep going and you might find a lake and all of a sudden you're like, what, what's this lake about? Oh, I can upgrade this thing. So I just like the openness of it. Uh, the other thing I'll just say, though, is, and I don't know if it's a warning or whatever, but, <laughs> um, well, because I, I have a tangent that will go on next show. Okay, all right. Which, again, I'm foreshadowing next show a lot. But is there's kind of like, they, like a couple of the guy, or the I think just the main guy in town, like doesn't like the robot. And he's like really mean to her. Or you, you know, her slash you, sure, you're the character. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know what you want to call it. I'm not going to put a label on it, but it's like bad. Like he's really mean to her. Like, is it offending you, the player? Like, you feel like it's going too far? No, it's not going too far, but just, it's like, okay, I'll just use the word bullying. You know, it's like he's being mean for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, just because he doesn't trust the robot, I guess. It, that, that does happen in like movies and books and stuff. But he's just being a fucking asshole, you know? And they do let you let the, uh, you know, your character respond with snarky comments back if you want. You could just be like nice or you can be like, fuck you, dude, you know, kind of in a way. Yeah. yeah. So I like that they gave that option, but he doesn't stop, man. He hasn't stopped yet. And I've been playing that game for a while. He's like just a real dick. Mm. And um, I don't know. It's just weird. Again, it's not a super negative, but it's like it's just a little jarring because it doesn't really seem to add anything. And um, he's just super mean. So anyways, besides that, uh, I really like it. And it's I think it's a relaxing game because I never feel like I'm you know, rushing or the time limit or uh, I have to go do this thing that I can't beat, you know? And I don't know, I mean, maybe, maybe later it like, you know, hones in and goes like, okay, sure, now you got to do these sure, three quests. Sure. But yeah, what were you going to say? I mean, this sounds great. No, I was going to say, this sounds great. I mean, it sounds like something I would totally play. Um, you're on PC, right? Right now, yeah, Chris, is that yeah, correct? Yeah. Okay. If this came to like, you know, PlayStation or Xbox or Switch or something, this sounds like something I would like to play. I like the idea of an open world kind of exploring with an Android and everything. I mean, that's it. It sounds like a lot of cool elements that would come together. And it seems like you're generally having a good time with it. Yeah. I mean, in general, I'm going to keep playing it because it's like I said, it's kind of a relaxing thing. Like it doesn't it doesn't make me freak out or, you know, be upset or anything like that. I just feel like I just go in and do it at my own pace. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. It's like a Metrovania at your own pace. Um, okay. And so, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. And I want to, like, prove that asshole wrong. <laughs> it's like my number one uh, mission in this game is to be like, yeah, either punch that guy at some point or just change his mind. Probably yeah. just change his mind. I'm guessing you're probably going to change his mind. Yeah, Although, he'll be man, like, yeah, I don't know. In real life, I don't think that works very often. Right, right, I know. Is this real life or is this a video game? Well, it's a video game. But also, we are in a video game, but that's another thing. Um, I know oh, at some point he's going to be like, all right, robots aren't that bad. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly right. Yeah, cliche. Um, so, anyways, it's really fun. I just, I, I it's a, su- a pleasant surprise, and I had seen the trailer earlier, so I'm glad I'm playing it. All right, that is Candria. K A N. Is that your name? Your robot? Is that why they call it that? Oh, I don't know why they call it that. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think that's your name either. Oh, so, pfft. okay. Well, they call I it K A N D R. I should look it up because I don't like. I don't like not knowing. Hold on, Candria. Explore a ruined open world. No, that doesn't have the name of it either in it. All right, well, we'll figure it out. All right, Candria on PC. Seems like a win. Seems like a win. It's a win. Check it out. Check it out. All right, let me talk for a minute about Weird West. Um, I think we maybe talked about this a while ago. Did you play maybe? it? Maybe. Oh, my goodness. We, we've done too many episodes. So we've talked about this at least three times on have, the show. No, we haven't. Three we times? Have, I think at least. I know I, we started I it, but show. I didn't finish. I didn't finish it, though. You know me. I brought the show, I think, first. 
You Pro- played the PC version. The probably, PC I'm version. Sure. Yep, one hundred percent. And then you talked about I think before. I did once, but I only got like I didn't even finish the first section of it. I okay, so pretty- this would be our third time talking about. It. Okay, third time. That makes sense. That makes sense. So uh, this was something that I okay yeah I do remember talking about it before, but I didn't get too far. This is a top down action game. It's kind of. It's not really turn-based at all. It's really like a real-time, but there are some strategic elements to it. Uh, it, You play in a fictional version of the Old West where it's cowboys and uh, Native Americans and horses and towns and gold mining, but there's also zombies and werewolves and occult stuff and ghosts and whatever. So I'm a huge fan of supernatural Western. Like that's, It's a very small niche. Not many people dabble in that niche, whether we're talking about books or comics or movies or games um there's not just a lot just for whatever reason people just don't do that genre very much subgenre, you know but i think it's one of my favorites i love when it's done well uh, and we don't get those very often so weird west was on my my radar i played uh i played the first couple hours of it when i brought it to the show the first time and i really liked it but i didn't have time to like really dive into it um but now that we got done with game of the year and we got done with 2022 i had a, a, a minute to breathe and I'm like, you know, I really liked Weird West. I really want to come back to it. I really want to like explore it some more and 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 play some more of it. So I did. I finished finished the entire game. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, this week. Uh, so basically, there's there's more to it. There's more to it than I thought there was going to be, and there's also less, which is kind of a weird mixed bag. Um, I think overall, I really liked it, but I think there's a lot of opportunities for uh, for it to be enriched, and I really hope that they do something with it. So let me give you some examples. Uh, basically, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say this because the game's been out for quite a while. In Weird West, you don't play one character; you play five characters. Uh, so the first one that you you play, you're a lady gunslinger whose uh, family gets attacked, husband gets kidnapped, child gets shot, which is a really fucking brutal opening, mm-hmm. by the way. Fucking brutal. Um, and you go out for revenge, like you do in a classic western. Uh, you meet people in town, you get a horse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, side quests and all that. But then after you get done with her story, and I didn't finish her story the first time. I got, I was actually really close, and I didn't realize how close I was. Um, if I had played, like, one more session, I would have finished her story. But after that, you go into the body of a pig man. Like, there's this witch who's creating uh, these cobbled-together masses of flesh that are, like, kind of men with pig heads on them. And then that was a really interesting story. After that, you go to one of the Native American people. And then you go to a werewolf, which was interesting. And then you go to a witch, the very last one. Um, so you got to go through all these. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is a story that binds them all together. Um, so I think it's cool that you have little vignettes, little bits of flavor. Um, so I think that kind of works pretty well. Um, and I think that the variety is pretty cool. Unfortunately, I think that um, this game was developed by some people, I believe, who came from Arcane Studios, I think. That sounds who, right, yeah. Yeah, I think they came from Arcane Studios, where, who they did like Dishonored and stuff like that, kind of the immersive simulator stuff. And I think at the heart of Weird West, there's a little bit of a conflict. Uh, I think the, the basic conflict is that the developers want to have kind of an immersive sim experience where there are systems. There's physics, right? There's like, if you, if you kick over a barrel of oil and then you light it on fire with your bullet, it it catches fire and then that that oil and that fire will spread mm-hmm. and physics kind of takes over right or like you're on top of a roof and if someone's on the roof you like knock them off the roof and they'll fall or you can climb up on these other places that you think you might not get to by by stacking a barrel and because the game has barrel physics you can get a barrel of water and stack it somewhere and then climb on top of that and get on top of a roof that you wouldn't ordinarily have gotten to so they kind of want to have like all these systems a lot of ai systems too 
where enemies act a certain way, animals act a certain way when you do a certain thing, which I think is all well and good in some situations. Um, now, I've heard a lot of people say they thought that third person was a mistake for this game. I disagree. I think that third person is great for this game. But I, I will say that I don't think um, having it be a real-time game and having these physics systems really does what they think it does. For example, um, you know, I was kind of poking at the edge of this. Like you, you sometimes get to these rooms or areas where there's a lot of like bandits and they're going to, they're going to overpower you. So you got to somehow, you know, get the drop on them. And let's say that there's like a, you know, like I said, a, a barrel of oil on a, on a ledge somewhere you kick it over and you're like, okay, haha, I'm going to drop his oil down there and then I'm gonna shoot it. And yeah, you might be able to do that. If, if you get the drop on him, nobody sees you coming, you can get that done. But the minute somebody sees you, all of those strategic physics, weird procedural stuff that all goes out the window yeah. because it just goes into like a shootout every single time. Does that happen to you too? Yeah. I was just going to say that's the same thing. Like I love what they wanted to do and they, and what they do do sometimes uh, meaning like, yeah, like you said, if it's a p- perfect situation or like in the very beginning, there's like some scripted stuff, right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. it feels like scripted where it's like, hey, yeah. do this and you'll kill all these people. But later on, it's just like, OK, you're just going to shoot everybody. Yeah. Because that's yeah. really like the, the main thing you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And each character has a, a variety of powers. Like, you know, the werewolf has different powers than the pig man has different powers than the, the, the cow, the cowboy lady. Um, but I felt like most of the powers just didn't really have a lot of oomph to them. In fact, most of the time, I felt like my best bet was just shooting it out. And that's fine, I guess. But I think the inherent problem with this is that when you have a real-time system that's so focused on combat and so many enemies all the time, like you just don't have the ability to do that. You just you just can't really... That's more of a strategic thing. That kind of reminds me of like... Um, Oh, uh, what is that one game that came out a while ago? It was really popular. Top-down RPG. You had two characters. Oh, I can't remember what it is. It was really popular. But that was a turn-based system where you had the exact same thing. You had, like, the barrels of acid, barrels of oil, fire, wind, electricity, whatever. And because it was turn-based, you could really strategize, like, oh, okay, well, I, I'm paused, and I can see that there's a pool of water, and I have to push this guy in the water, then I hit him with a lightning spell, then it zaps him, you know, that kind of thing. You can do that stuff in a turn-based environment, but it just does not work well in a real-time environment where you're getting your ass blasted off every five seconds. Well, so, let me put an asterisk on that, yeah. because <clears throat> there's two two tangents. One, it can work well, and also, <clears throat> me, me specifically, I actually like the real-time in this, because I feel mm-hmm. like it is very vibrant and very, like, um, it feels realistic, you know? Uh, with barrels smashing and you going through windows and stuff, but sure. that part <clears throat> is cool. Yeah, I agree. But it is all. It always comes down to AI and you know the NPC behavior because if they default to just advancing on you and shooting, yeah. then yeah, it's just going to turn into a shootout. So yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> my voice is leaving me. I don't know what happened. Okay, it's back. Um, but there's an, a book I always bring up in this podcast, and the book is about a fictitious game that doesn't exist. But it uses a lot of the things that you're seeing in Weird West, which is what we just talked about, like barrel, smash barrel, do this, um, have this thing hit this thing, and then see how the game plays out, uh, meaning like it's really going to be you know different each time. So I don't know. I think that like it can be done well um, because I wouldn't actually like it as much in a turn-based environment. Yeah. But you're 100% right in the fact that it kind of devolves, basically, I think, in this game. Yeah, every situation devolves. And, and maybe it can be done well. Maybe it doesn't have to be turn-based. But I think 
I think something that this game could probably do is do more scripted elements. I feel like they built a lot of cool systems and they had a lot of cool ideas and they're kind of putting it all in a big barrel and shaking it up and hoping that something cool comes out. But I think they really needed to like be a little bit more intentional in some of their designs. Um, for example, when you look at the map, there's like, I don't know, like 75 different locations or something you can go to. Like, like a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even go to them all. But there was like no reason to because... A lot of them are just, I don't know, I don't think they're procedural, but they all kind of look cookie cutter, like they're the same. And when you go to them, like you're just kind of doing the same thing over and over. Like there's not really any reason to explore mm-hmm. because you're having the same interactions. There's not very many cool scripted moments that pop up. Um, even a lot of the side quests feel pretty cookie cutter and the same where they're relying on like the system to kind of like give you your uh, unique experience. And I wish that they would have like had more writing, had more specific characters, had more situations um, where something interesting was likely to happen because they they're nudging you that way right like you you know just something where they they want you to do it a certain way but you don't have to but you could but to set up more cool moments there just wasn't a lot of cool moments um i think also it's really busted because uh there's no incentive to explore because there's no rewards like there you get the same kind of gun like a million times like you get like the blue three-star gun a million times and the, like the millionth time you get this, you're like, why am I even searching these barrels? Why am I searching these chests? I'm not getting anything cool. Like there's not anything um, unique or nothing where you're like, oh, this totally changes how I play. Or, oh, my God, this gun's way better than what I got. Like it's always just like, oh, one more of those things. Going to scrap that and sell it for two gold back it down. Like, yeehaw. Like it's just there's not a lot of rewards, not a lot of variation in what you're doing, which really sucks the um, incentive out of exploration. But I think the thing that really hurts it more than anything, the number one thing that I think they really missed the boat on was that regardless of having all these systems, um, you needed to have more character. Uh, And I think that there are examples out there of games that do a lot of systems-heavy stuff, but also have a lot of character. I mean, I think Dishonored is probably one of those. And also, um, was it Sword of the... Sword of the Samurai? Sword of the Shogun? It's one by Me, Me, Me Productions. Uh, I can't remember. Blade of the Samurai? Blade of the Shogun? Uh, It's like like the exact same game as this, but turn-based. And lots of systems. But they also have tons of character. And I'll give you an example. Um, So... You go to the same town. Grackle is the is the main town in this game. So no matter which of the five characters you're on, that's always your main town for like all the shops, everything you need to restock, whatever, whatever. You're always coming back to that town. And yet there's not a single memorable character in that town. Um, you get introduced into a sheriff uh, who has a dark secret. You figure out the secret. You can either keep the sheriff there or reveal her secret. But after you solve that, that question, she's gone. She's not even there. Yeah. Like, you can't even go back to her. Like... Uh, at one point I had a, a partner on a mission. We went our separate ways and my partner ended up going bad. I come back to, to find that partner in my next playthrough, excuse me, um, because she's uh, got a bounty on her now. And so you have to go hunt her and you go to meet that person. And it's just like any other random side quest. There's no dialogue. There's no, what happened to you? Why'd you go bad? I, I don't want to shoot you. Don't make me, you know, like, like the typical, even the cliche stuff isn't there, right? Like it's really, really low hanging fruit that they don't get. Um, and I'm just like, I'm so disappointed. And even, even lower hanging fruit than that is like, you can go back. Let's say for example, that you've done three storylines. You've done the, the bounty hunter lady, the cowboy girl, cowboy girl, cowgirl, cow woman. I don't know what the appropriate term is. Uh, the lady. And then you do, the pig man, and then you're in the body of the Native American person. You can go back to your previous characters because you are not controlling them anymore and they can join your party. That's awesome because they've got all the shit that you left them with. They know who you are mm-hmm. and they want to posse up with you. And they're characters that you've buffed up, right? So they're, they're good. You're like, yes, this is amazing. Except 
they might as well just be any other fucking AI because they don't talk to you. There's no banter. There's no joking or anything like like look at something like Mass Effect where somebody's on your your team and you like you know that person like you you do loyalty quests for him. You you joke around. There's quiet moments. They might as well just be a cipher, man. Like there's nothing. Yeah, they revert back to AI essentially like regular NPC. Yeah, I mean, all this game needs is a couple like really memorable, consistent characters. I mean, I think it would have been amazing if you could have gone back to the general store back in Grackle, your main town, and if that dude had something new to say to you every single time you saw him or recognized that you were in a different storyline or anything, talk to that sheriff again after you solve her her riddle, that would have been so, so weighty and so impactful. It would have added so much to this game, so much character. And I would have felt so much more invested. But by the time I got about halfway through, I was like, okay, I'm I'm just picking up the same shit. I'm doing the same types of things. Uh, I'm not having any really meaningful character interactions. It's just, it's a shame because I feel like Supernatural Western is something we need more of. I feel like there's a lot of good, good possibilities here. Um, but they just, they're relying too much on systems and systems don't really sell a game like this in the way that they mean it to. So I yeah. feel like ultimately um, unfulfilled potential. Let me, let me say a couple of things on it because you're, you're bringing up my old memories of this game is that, and why I stopped it. Um, my two, my two concerns with it. Well, one is I think these are kind of almost two games in one. Um, the, the thing that it starts with, like the, the opening, which is kind of heart wrench, gut wrenching. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. And then <clears throat> you start seeing the systems, which is like, you can pick up anything and like there's, yes. there's stuff everywhere. And I was just so excited. And like you said, um, this is why I think it's like two games. When you get to the sheriff, which is really soon, you have a kind of a cool moment, a story mm-hmm. beat, and you have a decision too. Yes, yes. And then you see the action play out too, and you're like, oh, this gun plays really fun. I was like all in. You know Same. what I mean? Same. And then I get to that, well, like there's a crevice area, and you do start learning about the, the systems you just talked about, and they can uh, tackle it your own way, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just seems like that. But then, you know, I think one of the first huge. Um, kind of maps I got to where it was, you know, have to kill basically everybody on the screen or like, cause you have to, you know, to take one thing, but to get one thing, you have to be essentially aggro everybody. Yes. Uh, and then they're all going to come after you. Right. So that's when I started feeling bad. And then secondly, I don't like playing many characters in games, specifically mm. in an RPG like this, where I just wish it was just like the woman and yeah. she's going off a revenge from that terrible thing. And it was more of an RPG. Where you like, you're just loving her up. You're not thinking about what is controlling her. You know, you're trying to think of yeah. like this other story part. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, oh man, I would have just loved this because then it was Weird West. It was like this woman who was in this weird world, which by the way has a lot of really cool lore in this game too. Yeah, about the stuff and why it's happening. And then she would just be getting better, better, and stronger. And you could yeah. spend time on the story bits. So I mean, I agree. That would have been great too. And that in fact, was the game I, was... I wanted. I was ready for that. I would have been fine being the bounty hunter lady, cowboy woman at the beginning. That would have been cool. She was a great character. And yeah, I mean, you are right. There's a lot of cool elements. I mean, um, they just added like this zombie themed uh, new event where zombies come across the West. But it's like you're never you're never saving anybody from the town. Like you like you, you zombies come out of the graveyard. You blast them. And they're like, so what? Nothing happened. Like it didn't mean anything, right? Like you're, there's no story event where you need to have this siege, this standoff between this army of zombies. And you're you're saving the, the the townsfolk. Like it's never happening, right? Right. Or like you get a moment where, oh my god, I got I got my hopes built up so bad. I was going into a town and a giant fucking silver UFO flies overhead, and I'm like, oh, awesome! This is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna get a ray gun. 
and I'm going to meet some aliens, and gonna, maybe I'll fly in the ship. Yeah, no. Nothing, none of that stuff. It's like, man, there's so many opportunities where you could have built the lore up, and it would have meant something. You could have had a scripted scene, or, you know, a story element where I'm saving the townsfolk, maybe do it my own way to use your physics systems. Maybe I can kill the zombies with bullets. I can kill them with the barrel of oil. I can kill them with whatever. Drive a herd of buffalo through them or something. Who knows? But still have the, the character moments. Still have the the cool reward at the end because people love rewards. And the rewards are shit in this game. So, yeah. This, yeah. Well, I was going to say, this is, this is the game that I want, which we're describing. This yeah. has like a part of the game that I want that yeah. to exist in the world, which is all these systems, <clears throat> uh, AI that's you know smart or whatever, um, but then the actual like eventuality leads to storylines that are affected by you, right? So say you did smash the thing with the oil, right, and you burned a bunch of people. Then there's some dialogue about that, right? They yeah. go, it, everybody in town's burned now, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> there's all these burn victims. We had to open up a burn victim unit, you know, or whatever. Yes. The air um, is bad now. We can't breathe. And yeah, like stuff. you yeah. you destroyed this one thing. All the cows, the crops went bad because of what you did. Like that is a game I will play for yeah. the, till the end of time. Yeah. Yeah. That game yeah. still doesn't exist, and it's so funny because what I was alluding to earlier, that book, I can't remember the name of it, but it it was talking about a fictitious game like that, and that is what I wish this game would be. So whatever, there's some really good systems in here, and I think whatever they do next, uh, it's called Wolfi Studios. I'm, yeah. I'm into it. So Yeah, I mean, I feel like they came so close and in some ways i feel like this game is just like a trial run for what their next game is going to be because i i think these systems make sense they they basically work um i i get the vision they were going for and i'm on board but like it just it's missing some really basic key elements that would have taken this game from an interesting bunch of systems to an amazing fucking adventure you know so i hope that they i hope they keep going the direction they go um, if they listen to this, I mean, I want them to know that I took the time and played the entire game. I think there's a lot of great stuff here. It just needs, it just needs a little bit more, you know, it needs, oh, I agree needs, too. needs more of a push. That's yeah. why we took so, so long talking about just now. Cause like we could have just ended it, the review. And the fact is I got excited by you talking about it, remembering all these systems, yeah. you know, yeah. like I had a fun time. I did know about at some point because of the way that it was structured, which is like five different characters. And I really appreciate playing the native American stuff, <laughs> but yeah. So there's some good stuff here. I still say you should get out. It is still worth a checking out. And I'm I'm not sure if it's still on Game Pass. It wasn't Game Pass for a while. It may be there. It may not be there. But it's still worth checking out. If if for no other reason that we get so few supernatural westerns. Excuse yeah. me. choking on my water. Um, exactly. Carlos, you take over for a minute and talk about our final game of the show while I try to silently not die over here. That's okay. Marvel's I almost Mar- just choked on air or so, earlier. So <laughs> It's called getting old. Like we, we talk about this <laughs> offline. Like... We could oh, die at any man. moment. I think that's what we're saying. It's really hard getting old, folks. It really is. <laughs> don't, oh, my God. Don't do it. I mean, you should do it. but You should you do it, but do it carefully, please. Okay, so we're going to talk about, weirdly enough, bringing Marvel back to the show. Snap. Marvel Take snap. it away, Carlos. I'm choking. Go ahead. Okay, so you already mentioned the game. Obviously, it's a card game on your phone or wherever you play it. Wait, is it just mobile? It is. No, it's on PC, too. Oh, PC. Okay. Um, so I'm playing it on my phone. I've been, obviously, we just went on a trip, which I nor- don't normally play Switch games or phone games, but if I'm on a trip, then I do. And so this is a great one to have on the road. Um, And then also recently, just even taking buses around here locally, I've just kind of brought it up and started playing. So I think the thing is this. It's a card game. It's a battler. Um, We'll talk a lot about the pros and cons, what I thought about it. But in general, I think that I don't need it to be Marvel. (laughs) Like, I'd actually totally prefer this if this was any other 
license. Mm-hmm. I'm so marveled out. So sure. I give two shits about all of my characters. Like, I'll tell you my deck in a minute. I only care about the deck, about what it does. Like, sure, same, what are same. the abilities, right? Yeah. And maybe how it looks, because there's some cool um, pixel versions of the card. So I, I like those. that, right? Hate them. Oh, you hate them? I actually like those. Um, so I just picked, I just try to evolve or find those. But in general, I don't care that I have the thing, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't I don't get care t-shirts. Yeah. Okay. So I would love this, the developers who, are, I don't forget what they're called, but if they could work on this and then just give us different skins, that'd be awesome. Like <laughs> just horror elements, you know, I don't know this. I don't need that, but it would, it would work no matter what the license was. Right. That's actually a positive saying that the yes, gameplay agreed. is fucking great. And so agreed. like you described, you have a deck and your deck can only be 12 cards, right? Two, four, six. Yeah, it is 12, 12 cards, cards. Yep. which is tiny. Uh, and so you have a ton of cards. We can only carry 12 in your deck. You can make different decks. Um, and then you, when you get to playing field, there's three different maps or whatever, three different like stages that are on the screen. They unlock as you play the game. Super smart. You've already described all this, I know, last time you talked about it. But for me, it's just super inventive and super smart. Like you said, I think they worked on Hearthstone, which totally yeah, makes sense. Yeah, some of the Hearthstone devs, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you, you don't know what the other two uh, stages are going to be when you first start. So you got to just basically take a guess uh, and either like put your cards down on those stages or put them on the stage you know that that reveals itself so every time it reveals what that stage is or it's not really a stage it's just kind of like an area like, on a, like a location location like a, yeah yeah a zone or something and you're placing cards down the opponent's playing mm-hmm. card placing cards down and you're a- adding up values and using special abilities and then whoever has the highest value on each one of those different three sections wins the game but uh, you actually need only need two highest scores uh to win Right, you don't need all three. So you need to win two out of the three. Locations. Two out of the three, yeah. Yes. Or, or because I played enough, you can win by tying if you have the higher um, attack. So essentially, higher total point, higher value, total point yeah. value. Yeah. So you did you did a twenty versus two, they did a five versus four, and then the third one was a draw. You're going to win the one with the twenty versus two. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. So, anyways, that's the gameplay uh, in in a nutshell. And I just, it's surprisingly really fucking fun because I don't generally like card games. I don't like a lot of phone games uh, right now. And I don't care for Marvel, but this game's fucking addictive. Like, it's just super, super addictive. Um, I have a couple cons and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you. But yeah, yeah, go for it. The other pro is that, well, one, I've only lost five times and I, uh, I've played a fuck ton. So I feel good at it. Right, which just makes you feel good, right? Winning feels good. Winning feels good. But also, it just, I know why I won. You know, that's a, that's a, a hallmark of a good game. Uh, you know, what is it like when you lose, you know it was your fault kind of thing? Sure, sure. You uh, know why you win because you planned well and you executed and then you won. Yeah, and you can never tell fully what the other person's going to do. It's just like chess. But you can be good at chess where you're like, I kind of have an idea what they might do, you know, or you look at the eventuality. So, I know I might be describing like all like competitive gaming, but <laughs> for some reason it just feels like I get why I'm doing well in it. And you're, you're you're connecting to the meta, like you know how the game is played, you know what the strategies might be, and you feel like you're successfully navigating those, and so you're you're getting a higher understanding of the game. Yeah, I, I think the only couple cons are one is that to that point, like I know what I'm doing now, but if I get a new card, 
it should be a fun experience, which it is, but it's definitely going to change my whole plan now. Right. So like I have a plan with where Hulk comes in at the end and whatever, you know, I have a certain type of strategy that I'm trying to do. But the minute I get like three or four more new cards, I might be like, yeah, I'll make a new deck and try it out. But like, it does make me like rethink the plan, which I know I'm describing also magic, the gathering and all Mm -hmm. other card games where you go, okay, now I'm going to try a whole new deck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that I just like knowing what I'm doing. And, and so I have been sticking with one deck, but the only other con is that, um, like I was telling you and, and, and DM or something is like when you first play and actually not when you first play, I think all the time you don't get humans all the time. No, um, not all the time. No. You get bots. And so I'm wondering why they're doing that. So in the beginning, it kind of makes sense because they're probably tutorializing you. Right. I'm guessing. And they're like, hey, get good. And then we'll give you real humans. But then I started getting real humans, I think, because they don't tell you because the name sounded crazier. You know, it's like. And I'm like, oh, that's probably not a bot. But then it was like the next one was like uh, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, there's no way Steve is not a bot. Yeah. You get like Steve and then you get like Butt Lord Joe Mama. Yeah. Like, right. Right. You know, like, like, eat these real, nuts. Eat these nuts. And I'm like, that's probably not a bot. <laughs> exactly. Um, but right after eat these nuts, John. Yes. And I'm like, but why are you doing that? So I'm going to throw that to you first. Do you have any idea why they're doing that? Yeah, I think it's just because, you know, it's it's looking to match you up with a, a, a round ASAP. And I think just, you know, there may not be a live person available at that moment. They don't want to keep you waiting in a queue for like seven minutes for the next person to join you. So they could just give you a bot so you can you don't have to wait more than like 10 seconds to find a match. You know, I think it's just that. But, OK, but if it is that, doesn't that say to how many people are playing the game? Because if it's if it's super popular, you like a Fortnite or something, even like sure. I know you're waiting a little bit in Fortnite. But in general, you're not waiting very long for in Fortnite. You know what I mean? Right. And right, that's right. a massive game that's got to load and all this, you know, huge map. But Fortnite has bots too. Yes, it does. In some, even just like a regular, like no build battle, uh, uh, like battle royale, they have yeah. bots in there. Oh yeah, they they fill them up. If they don't have a hundred players, they'll put bots in for the rest. You'll totally see them. I mean, they've been improving the AI, but like you'll see some dude across the lake, and you you look at him, and he's like. He's building a one level wall or whatever, or he's like jumping on a wall. I never played like, build, do- so I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. It's worse than build, but like it's it's a little bit, there's less for them to fuck up in no build, but like right. you'll see like a guy like picking up a fruit or something. You're like, what are you doing? What's that, what's that idiot doing? Oh, it's a bot. Never mind. He's like easy kills. So right. Like, My friend I think it's said just that. to get you in the game faster. You know, I think that's all it is. Yeah. I think I was playing with him the other day and he was like, oh, yeah, that's a bot. So I remember the hearing that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I guess that happens in these kind of games. Um, it would be nice, though, to I guess you can distinguish when the names are totally different. But there are some names that are a little in between, like just like John Silver or something. You're like, I think that might be real. I don't know. I was going to ask you what your name was. So if I ever come across you, I can make sure to beat you. Like, what is your. Uh, well, you your... got to know. Don't you know? It's what name is it an I'm guessing yeah. it must be. Yeah, it's an okay. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Right? I haven't seen you yet. And mine is uh, GC Brad. So mine is pretty plain, too. Like, it's not it's not bot plain, but it's not like, you know, Joe Mama or anything like that. And you can't. So. Yeah. And you <laughs> Joe Mama. And you can't, like, choose who do you want to fight. You can't, like, no, it's just totally do things with friends. Yeah. So, yeah. So and the other thing that is weird to me is the season. I, 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 don't, I hate this. It's happening <clears throat> a lot in video games. But this idea of seasons uh, can be really fun. Uh, I think of it still as, like, Netflix shows and stuff. But, um this season pass isn't a pass. Like you don't buy anything. You can buy something, but like you play through a season pass in this, in this game. Right. 
There's like multiple. There's a couple different ones. Yeah, there's missions, which are one thing. There's weekly challenge, the daily challenge, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's the season, which I'm in Savage Land, which I think we all are right now, right? Yes. Yes. And I'm in chapter one, but it's bullshit because it's not a chapter. There's no story bits. It's just like win location with four cards. And you're like, that's not a fucking season. Also, in season passes where you're normally paying, like a battle pass or something, yeah, you get things from it. You're getting things from this just because you're gonna get it anyhow, you know. So let me ask you a question, though. Let yeah, me clarify ahead. because I I bought the season pass uh, because if you do buy the season pass, the first thing you get is you get a card, which as far as I know, you cannot get anywhere else. So like this this month or this season, you get what Zabu the Tiger, Zabu like, Storm Kazar. Yeah. yeah. So as far as I know, I don't know about the other two. I think the other two are just different skins. But as far as I know, you, you're not going to be able to get Zabu any other way. Like you can't just win him anywhere as yeah. far as I know. OK, so that's one thing that you get from the season pass. But let me ask you this, because um, I pop for the season pass. I got Zabu right off the bat. Everybody gets it as soon as you pay for the season pass. That's fine. But then you go through that little there's a little um, tiered rank of rewards including like the alternate skin Kazar and alternate skin Storm and stuff. And then you get to the very end, you get like another alternate skin of uh, whatever. Um, are you are you winning those same rewards? Do you have access to those? Or are you not on that track if you don't pay for the season pass? I hate that I'm super confused right now and I'm looking at my phone. Um, okay. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. It's a little off. There's also, let me, get, I'll answer that question in a minute, but there's also the collection level. Yes. So, so that's a whole other path that as you like upgrade your cards, you get new shit. Like, you yes. get new cards. That is a totally different path, yes. Right. By the way, I'm 118 already on that. What are you You're, on that? Do you know? Um, open up my app right now. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Collection it's level. Loading. It's loading. Collection level, I'm at 118, <clears throat> which I think is a lot because I've been playing so much. And then I can answer your question. On the season pass, oh, yes. it's just so much shit. Um, how do I get to it again? Hold on. So if you go to the main screen, sorry, yeah. folks, I know this is really exciting. You go to the main screen, and then the upper left-hand corner says Season, season Pass. Right? I went there, yeah. So when you click, did you pay for Season Pass? or you No, did I not? didn't pay for shit, so I already okay. am at six. I'm already at six. Or, yeah. Okay. So, you can't, oh, so, so you're I winning that purple all. stuff on the side. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So you're on the same path. It seems to me that the only difference with the Season Pass, then, must be that you get that extra card. Such bullshit. That's such bullshit. This is... So weird. That's not a pass at all. There's no season. There's nothing. We're both in the same season. Yes. I'm unlocking shit because I'm playing the game, which is cool. But I don't have to do dick all to pay for it. So I'm just, I'm really confused by the season pass. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I thought only season pass holders had access to that purple area of rewards. But it sounds like you're getting those even though you didn't. So you, you don't have Zabu then. You never got that tiger, right? Uh, no, I didn't get tiger. But by the way, Zabu, just like I said earlier, it's just a three and a two. To me, it's just a fucking three card that sure, does two power. power. He does a power. Yeah, he does four, he does co- four cards. Looking at it, four cost cards cost two less. Who cares? Whoop did he do, Zabu? Mean, you, got good, you got a good deck? That could be a good card. You never know, man. You Maybe never that's the know. the key to your new deck. So yep. I'll bring up a couple things here. Okay. Um, I, I, I was like you, where I started off having just one deck, and I'm like, I'm going to stick with this one deck. But then I soon got to like different strategies and different um, mechanics. And because you can only have 12 cards... You know, I've got like nine decks right now where I've got one that's kind of focused on moving guys around. I've got one that's focused on using ongoing powers. I've got one that just has a lot of big guys. So you get like high point totals. I've got one that's got little guys. So like I eventually branched out a little bit. So I've got like multiple decks going depending on what the hot location is today because sometimes some locations will pop up more than others. Um, Oh, Luke's, Luke's bar can go to hell. 
I love Luke's bar, dude. This Why is the best. you can you ha- your card always goes back to you? It's awesome. It's like it's an amazing power. I love Luke's bar. Wait, wait, Luke Cage. What, yeah. How do you? Why do you use it? Because you can't add totals. Because if your card's gone, unless you had two cards at once. No, but then you have so so one way you can put a card there is if you summon it with another card, like for example, the White Tiger. Right. Yeah. Or the Mister Sinister. Yeah, exactly. But the, I don't even use it for that. What I use it for is to trigger uh, on reveal powers. So for example, oh, there's your some abilities. Cards yeah. yeah, the ability. So, like, when you flip a card over, some cards will do an action. So, one of my favorite ones is uh, that blue guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, where he makes the opponent um, lose a card out of their hand, right? Yeah. That can be devastating. And if you've only got 12 cards to begin with, losing even one is a big deal. So, I put him on Luke's bar. He shoots his arrow. You lo- The enemy loses a card. You get the guy back. You put him back on Luke's bar. He shoots another arrow. You make him lose, like, four four cards out of 12. That's, like, a quarter of his entire deck. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it's because when you there, there's a, certain cards in the decks that just do the powers, and they have no actual, um, they have an ability, but they have no power, so they don't do any damage. You know, they're not added to the total. They're like a zero. Yeah, some are, some are zero, so, but some have power. The guy I'm thinking of has like he's like a two power. Okay, because so I'm saying like if you put him in Luke's bar, you're not losing anything by you don't get any power. But like I've used the one that has like uh, does abilities like to my whole party, like you know yeah. adds points or something. Yeah, and then has zero. Uh, yes. But then does have to stay there, yes. I think, right? They don't return to Yeah, that would be like hand. an ongoing, ongoing yeah. power. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it's, it's interesting. I see why you're doing it and using it. But in general, I just got frustrated because I was like, I can't add uh, points to this this sure. stage, you know? But then, like, like, go back to White Tiger. I think White Tiger is a great one where, like, every time you flip her over, she spawns, like, a seven-point tiger, which is really which is a really high total. So you put her down. She spawns a tiger. Take her back, put her back down. She spawns another tiger. Take her back. She spawns another tiger. Right. So instead of having one seven-point tiger, you've got four tigers for twenty-eight points, right? Oh. So like you're not you're losing her. She has like one power, but you're gaining twenty-seven power by all those other tigers, right? So like you just kind of redo it over. If and over you have enough energy to use, exactly. Them, yeah. Because you, you still need energy. energy. Sure. Exactly. And this game, the other thing that's positive and negative is that mainly positive is that it's such short games. So like it's only three s- minutes or something. Yeah, yeah they're like, like six fast. six rounds, and each time you're getting more energy. So by the sixth round, you have the six energy, which always sucks because you're always like, I want to use this on three different things. Um, but unless, of course, you get the special things where like there's an extra round. The other thing that's really cool, I guess, the con is that like, yeah, it's just it's it is so short that sometimes I'm just getting started on my plan, and I'm like, oh, it's over. But yeah. um, the other positive thing is all those stages we call them. Um, even though I know almost all what they all do now, uh, they add new ones, which is cool. Like I just saw one today, like that I'd never seen before, and it's still just fun to see it, how it reveals and plays out, right? Oh yeah, it's oh it's it's something new every single time. Every single you time, you never know what's going to happen, man. Yeah. Like I've had so many games where I'm like, I got this on lockdown, I got it, and then fucking something weird happens in the goddamn like fifth round or sixth round where I'm like, ah. I, I didn't know that was going to happen. It fucked my whole plan. And like, you know, it's exciting. Like, I mean, I like to win more than I like to lose, but I think it's also fun because it's not the same thing every time. Like you yes. never know what shit someone's going to pull out of their fucking deck and then, or what, how, how that's going to interact with the battlefield. And you may think you've got a lockdown and then all of a sudden you don't, or even sometimes something even better will happen. Like for example, I don't know. Have you seen Dr. Octopus yet or not yet? I haven't. No, no. So he he's like a he's like a he costs I think four or five energy, but he's got like ten power. So you're like, oh, that's pretty tough. Ten is a lot in this game. Yeah. But his ability is that he takes four cards from your enemy's hand and immediately brings them to the playfield. So if you know your if you feel like your enemy has nothing in his hand, 
you lay down your Dr. Octopus, he brings out either nothing or like a couple little piddly guys, no big deal, you win. But if your enemy's got a, a good hand and you don't know that and you bring Dr. Octopus, he like brings all this shit to the yard. So like it happened to me yesterday, I was about to lose. I was about to lose and this dude drops a Dr. Octopus and I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. That's amazing. Because he, he's instantly summoned four really big guys from my hand that I couldn't right. have done otherwise. Fucking, he brought it on himself, come and annihilated himself and he lost that one. I didn't see that happening. I had no idea it was going to happen, and I was about to lose. And instead, it's this holy come-from-behind surprise victory because you never know how the cards are going to interact, man. It's, right. like, it's so so crazy. And you know what's so cool also is that they, they <clears throat> do build it in. Again, I wish it was any other brand than Marvel, but they build those move sets into the character. Like that, what you just said is really smart because, like, Dr. Octopus has all those arms, and he would go get things with them. You know what I mean? Exactly. They, yeah, they exactly. do that really well. Like Mr. Sinister doubling himself, like morph guy, you know, morphing into another thing, like really smart. Like that, those are just done really well. The other thing is that we're mentioning, a, I can't forget, I forgot the name of the card game, but there's a card game, a real physical card game that does this, which is like, it changes the rules all the time. What's oh, that okay. name of that game? Oh my goodness. It's one word. It it's one word. Um, anyways, so that's why other, no, that's the other reason I think I like it is because it's like that where it's like, yeah, the stage itself might just change the whole rules. Like all cards are moving to the left. You've seen exactly. that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or you, you have abilities. Like some of your abilities are like move everything to the right, you know, and then it changes the whole game because you were, oh, yeah, you were dude. just winning this whole stage and now you're not. But for the most part, even with all those randomness, which do make mm -hmm. it more fun, I just feel, yeah, I feel like I really get a handle on it. And um, I can't, I mean, I can't, I'm blown away that I like it this much. It's ridiculous. What's your it's number on your collection level? Oh, I found it. What'd you say yours was? 117, baby. 117. I'm at 1,440. 1,000? I'm 1,440, yes. You son of a bitch. Here's I was like, <laughs> I played it for a few days and I thought I was going to get ahead of you. <laughs> well, you must have started when this game came out probably, right? I think I started like the day after it dropped and I've been playing, you know, I'm not, I don't play a ton. I play maybe like 15 minutes a day, maybe 10 minutes a day, something like that. So All it right. adds up over time. Here's my deck real quick before we leave. All right. So I have um, Electra because she destroys a card. Electra's great. And by the way, it's it's it, you got to have low cards, low number cards, which are basically the sometimes weaker cards, because if you're playing this game, there's only six stages or six rounds, and you have no cards to play, you're screwed, right? So you've oh, got to yeah, have gotta, some low numbers ca cards. The, the magic of deck construction, right? How yes. many low power cards? How many high power cards? Yes. Yeah. Then I got a Hawkeye. Then I got Medusa because I like her. She goes right in the middle. Mr. Sinister because he doubles himself and he's still low cost. Mr. Fantastic, you kind of have to have him because he hits, he boosts up the sides of your cards, um, you know, adjacent cards. Mm -hmm. Punisher because Punisher. Uh, Namor, by the way, won me a whole match the other day because if you put him just on one stage by himself, uh, he can just double his power. Yeah, that's great. And that literally won me the game. I got Thing. I usually have a lot of heavy hitters. So I have Thing. I have Iron Man to double the points. I have Abomination. Abomination. Abomination, um, yeah. Onslaught. And then Hulk is my winner. I mean, Hulk wins. He's got 12 power. And he just wins me games. He's like, really good. Yeah. I hate Onslaught, man. I've lost so many games to Onslaught where he comes out in the sixth round. And I'm like, fuck! Double one your card other ongoing effects. Yes. yes. It's so many times when it's the one card that could fuck me. And then that's the card that the guy has. So that's Well, nice. I have so, him. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of really good utility cards. I mean, I think um, Agent 13 is really good because she, like, just gives you a random 
random card in your hand and so it, sometimes it's something amazing sometimes it's something dumb but you know it's always nice to get a little randomness there Iceman I think is really really good uh, Yondu is really good oh yeah Yondu is good yeah I mean I, White Tiger is really good Spider Woman I mean one of my favorite cards of the entire game oh because she does that sticking thing I've done I used her before for that yeah she's she like great. stops people from using something right or no that's Spider Man Spider Woman is the one where she shows up she's got seven powers so she's already pretty beefy as it is but then she subtracts one from everybody's power on the opposite side oh, so she right. they all take a hit which is really good so iron heart is really good she'll give a little boost to people i mean it just depends i mean there's so many cards and and like you said yourself i mean i fully agree with you this game would work absolutely work whether it was a horror theme or whether it was the smurfs or whether it was like anything this mm-hmm. game is just so fun with mechanically you could stick any skin on this i would still love it just as much i'm fine with marvel because i'm not tired of marvel but i get that some people are but if this was uh you know i don't know baseball players or if it was anything well, it could not be anything. baseball players for me but go ahead continue you know whatever i mean yes. the point being it could be literally any skin it could be transformers it could be uh i don't know steven universe it could be anything and it would still work just as well because uh at the heart of it the mechanics just are fucking airtight dude they're really good so let's leave this re-review by by mentioning the shop for a second because like you said in your early or your first review it's 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 not good like it doesn't seem to make any sense. For one, I still... Oh, the monetization? Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. God. So um, <clears throat> to, to finish up the season pass thing, I just noticed that there are some things that I am locked out of. So there's a column, oh, okay. there's a column on the right that's all these like power-ups and boosts and stuff and yeah. cards. And I've claimed four of them or five of them. And some of them have a lock on them. Oh, okay. And so that's how they're ones. doing. I can't get them oh, unless I, I get premium. It's still not fucking worth it because one's fucking Zabu, who I don't, you know, whatever. And some are boosters, which I never care about, which is just upgrading your cards. Uh, sure. Although I know they give you things. There's variants, but there's nothing enticing in this list for me to spend that money. Sure. Especially ongoing, right? Well, I will say it's they're, they're, they don't do a great job of the onboarding, I will say. I was kind of confused for the first couple of days, but, you know, you do want to get as many boosters as possible. Um, and I apologize if this is like in the weeds stuff, but like, you know, if you, the more you upgrade the cards, the quicker you get more unlocks. And so, you know, like you said, when you get a new card or something, it might mess up your strategy, but ultimately you do want to get some more cards because when people start busting out, like, you know, like devil dinosaur on you or like Thor starts showing up and shit, you're like, God, I can't win. Cause these guys got these cards and I don't have these cards. Like you're going to need these cards. So you're going to have to like, eventually like, you know, up your deck a little bit. Mm, okay. Wait, hold on. So I'm going to yes. And, but, or no, but it, I think. <laughs> I, I had that. I had that dinosaur, by the way, and he's fucked. He's like fucked me up, like in that a bad dinosaur way. Dinosaur is awesome, dude. No, he's, he's awesome, but then he's he's done a bad thing to me because I thought he was going to do more. I don't know. You can use him wrong, but my point is, I don't know if there's a best hand in this game, which would be good if if I'm right, because I've played a uh, well, I've played a lot of bots too, but I've played a lot of people and bots, and I've seen tons of cards who I, that I don't have, but I don't know if they're better. I just think that they're different. There are definitely they are different that is for sure but there are definitely some cards where when they show up you're like fuck I just uh, like there's just some of them are really OP hmm. and you're going to want like like for example uh Wong uh he's like one of the best cards in the game dude like if someone shows up with Wong you're like fuck it's over I'm going to I'm going to bail because he lets you do your on reveal abilities twice and so you think okay not a big deal but then when they play him on Kamartage that's an extra two rounds. And then when Odin shows up, that's an extra two rounds. And then all of a sudden your opponent's got like 300 power on each side. You're like, fuck, there's no way I could beat this. So like 
there are a few i mean not every card is great but like there's a couple that you're going to want to start working towards that are going to be pretty key to some high level strategies for well, sure I'll, I'll get back to you on that as i'm playing it more right. um but then through the shop um <clears throat> if you look at the the, the bundle bullshit like uh, again this is like captain america card for three dollars i don't need him you know and also you unlock him later right like you I do. Those are just the the alternate skins or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Daily offers. Um, I think I might have spent like in game gold on those because of the variant. I saw a variant yeah. that I liked. Yeah. Uh, fast upgrade or, or, or stuff you already you know do in game. They don't even have currency. the crazy ones anymore. They took the crazy ones away. Like they used to be the very top thing. They're not there anymore. But before you started playing, they would offer like uh, a couple cards. And it would, like, if you looked at the gold count, because they would have to buy it in the gold. And then, you know, the gold is at the very bottom of the page, right? Where you get the in-game gold currency. It, it amounted to like two or $300 of real money to get those guys at the top. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? $300. That's fucking like the whaliest of whale shit going on. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. It's gone now. I mean, they clearly must have gotten some complaints about it. So the stuff that's there now is still whack, but it's not it's not as whack as it was right before you started playing. That was even worse, dude. Yeah, I just don't see the purpose of the gold, I think, because the upgrade makes sense. I'm looking at the, the shop. In real time for a podcast. Uh, the credits are something, again, you also just make in the game yourself. Yeah, so I don't know why do. I'd ever want to get those. But the gold is the only thing that costs money, money. And again, there's, yeah, $100, $50, $30. And I don't know why I'm using that ever. Yeah. I mean, they kind of took away the biggest cost for it. It's just not there anymore. Um, yeah. I'm sure it's going to come back at some point where they just want you to straight up just buy a card or maybe buy a special kind of something. Um, yeah, the, it's not there, but I bet it's going to come back. They're probably refiguring their numbers. Maybe they were hoping to get lucky. Maybe everybody who played the game was going to drop $300 on a fucking card or some shit, but we'll see. I'm sure yeah. it'll be back. So minus the, the, the shop and the monetization, which I don't like, the game is fucking great, super replayable, and I see what you mean now. I guess that's my that was a short <laughs> version. I could have just said that. Um, I really, really like it. I, I wish I, I kind of want to play against more real people. Um, but like I said, I guess, like you said, I guess it, it just makes sense if there's nobody there. Yeah. Well, like, keep going, dude. I guarantee you when you unlock the higher tier cards, you're still like in the basic tier right now. When you um, get to like the second and third tiers, you'll start hitting more real people and you'll be like, oh, I, I want to play some more bots right now because I'm tired of playing the real people. Oh, you're like, I'll be actually looking for the bots. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. I wish I could get a bot right now because I need to win and I keep losing. So that's going to happen. That's fucking fun. Even if, uh, by the way, I'm just treating everything like a bot at this point because I don't even know if anybody's human, you know. So, it it, it <clears throat> weirdly enough. Oh, that's just, last thing I'll say. Weirdly enough, even I think I have found like a D's nuts person. So I, yeah. I'm sure they give me a few people already. Oh yeah. Um, and what I, I just like other games that are competitive, I sometimes freeze or freak out. You know, uh, we never talked about this in the show, but that's why I think I originally didn't play a lot of. Fortnite and all that kind of stuff, especially build mode, because I was like, oh, I'm just going to eat shit, you know, or uh, other games where you just get sniped from a million miles away, the Call of Duties of the world and stuff. Um, but this one, because A, I feel good and comfortable with the gameplay. B, like you said, there's so much randomness that even if they're like eating, you know, doing amazing, they could just like some random stuff's going to happen to them. And, and it's a card game, you know, because I played Hearthstone actually quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if we ever brought it in the show. But I don't think we ever talked about it. Yeah, I played it on PC. And I did, again, same thing. I don't get nervous. So if someone's like doing amazing, I, I still don't freak out. Like I never retreated ever in this game. Uh, I go, there's maybe a way I can win, you know, until the last second. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not nervous at all playing this. 
PvP. Yeah. It's interesting. Something that we haven't really mentioned, and I know we're kind of running long here, but um, one thing that's really interesting about this game is that you're almost not even playing against another person. You're kind of playing yourself in the sense that you want the biggest total on your side of the board, and so you've got a bunch of cards. Your deck is not designed to destroy another person the way that it is in Magic the Gathering. Your deck is made of cards that work together well. So you're ideally, in a perfect world, the opponent will leave you the fuck alone. He'll do his thing, or they'll do their thing, you do your thing, and your total is more than theirs. And ideally, there's not going to be a lot of crossover um, because you're not you're not gunning for somebody. You're trying to have a strategy that works with yourself. And so it's kind of like every match is almost like Carlos versus Carlos. Like, oh, yeah. I've got a plan, yep. and I hope that I can make my plan work. And maybe somebody will mess with you. Maybe they won't. But ideally, it's about did I construct a plan that's well enough to get myself where I need to go? So it's almost like you versus yourself rather than you versus other people in this game, which I think is a really – really interesting spin where it's less aggro um it's less uh it pisses me off less um right. I, I feel like the, the rage factor isn't quite there there's no trash talking or anything like that so i appreciate that for it well i guess that's what i'm saying and then also there are elements <clears throat> of like you destroying other cards though right that pop yeah, up there are. yeah certain cards that do that but you have to have again the right time the right energy to be able to exactly. pull it off you can't exactly. just every time be like i'm gonna do this and destroy the guy you know right or a girl right, right. whoever so um and then the other thing is that I've never snapped. Oh, never. <laughs> I, I, I refuse to snap. And then I, I watch people yeah. snapping on me and then they lose and I laugh. <laughs> because I, I don't think I think only one person snapped on me again, person in quotes, either a bot or a person snapped on me and then won, which is the betting thing that we talked about. Yeah, but it's I don't, where you can bet who's going to win each match. I'm never going to retreat and I'm never going <clears> to snap. That's you can hear here uh, here first. I'll never change that. I'll never do either of those things. They seem silly to me. And, you know, I think the actual snap of Marvel Snap is, I think, probably the most superfluous element of it, where I I played for a long time and I didn't even do it at all. Uh, But now that I've been playing longer, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just do it for fun and I'll try to. I mean, I think the highest I've ever gotten in the snap, the snap chart is like, you know, 30 or 40, but it goes all the way up to like 100 or something like that. But what do you use that for when you win it? What do you get? You just get like it's just nothing. It's just like little titles. It's little alternate skins. It's it's nothing important. Ugh. Like it's never anything good. It's just like a prestige sort of a thing. I hate it. It just adds another element. I know some people are like addicted to actually snapping because I think they got a gambling problem. Yeah. Um. But for me, it's like oh, if I think I'll win, I'll snap, and if I lose, then no big deal. But it does. It's not like there's any real stakes to it. You know, it's just kind oh. of a a bragging rights kind of thing. Sorry, I gotta say one more thing, and then we will finish this fucking podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is um, <clears throat> I think it's rude. <laughs> I think I just decided in my head right now. You just decided. Yeah, because last time it happened, I was like, you know, they saw that I did this one thing and I kind of fucked myself, like you said. Like, it didn't work how I wanted it, you know? And my total was only 17. I wanted it to be like 25. And then they were at 35. And then they snapped. And I was like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Like, I know I fucked up, but don't. You're like rubbing salt in the wounds. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I don't want to like, be oh, rubbing I, salt in the wounds. He's like, you just fucked yourself, buddy. You're going to lose, and now I'm going to cash cash in my snap on you because you just fucked yourself. <laughs> I now I don't know if I ever, ever play again. I'm mad about snaps. <laughs> That's happened to me, and I have done that to people. And sometimes it goes the way you think it's going to, and sometimes it doesn't, man. There's been some matches where I'm like, I am absolutely going to win this one. Snap. I'm going to snap on your ass. And then, nope. Cocky I get snapped son on, of you know. A bitch. Yeah. It, it, you um, never know. You never know. Write down this for the podcast name, Mad About Snaps. Mad About Snaps. Mad About Snaps. All right. Well, before okay. we go. Before we go. So listen, we're going we're actually pretty long. 
Um, and I'm actually getting really hungry. Maybe we should just, uh, should we save this for our Sunday show? We'll save we it before of, you go for a Sunday show. Yeah, let's save it because we're. Yeah. I don't, I'm only going to have like one game to talk about. You're probably not going to have a lot. Let's yeah. save the before we go because well, I got a lot to talk about. I don't want to rush. So do through. I. I so do I. Some time. Let's save it. Let's save it. Let's close the doors on the show. Oh, I got to write. I got to write down mad about snaps. Mad, mad about mad snaps. snaps. Also, okay. this is just a fun fact. Uh, I'm re-downloading Code Vein. Oh man. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> go for it, dude. Go um, ahead. Go I'll tell ahead. you. I'll tell you about. I'll tell you why. For my third foreshadow, next episode. You better write those down. I'm going to write them down right now because I am. You better write them down. We'll talk about Code Vein later. Okay. We're going to save the before we go for next time because next show is guaranteed going to be a shorter show. Let's wrap this one up. We're running long. Folks, thank you very much uh, for listening. And also thank you for patience. I know we got this episode out late, so apologies for that. Uh, As per you, send us your questions and comments. Hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, at Sevideo Games. Or Instagram, at Sevideo Games Podcast. You can also reach us individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? Well, you can just you can just announce it from here on out. And you can check out Carlos at TikTok, at Carlos Rodella. Um, the new video that I'm dropping tonight, which I think this podcast is going up tonight. Is that right? Hopefully? Yes, as soon as the... Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Then tonight you can watch on TikTok, Carlos Rodella, my name, uh, the first uh, video game, like adventure game, point and click sketch oh excellent so, so it's a okay. sketch that that mimics it's starbucks still but it mimics an adventure game interesting all yeah. right tune in folks let's check this out check all it right. out check it out all right as for me same as always it's on uh instagram still on twitter for now my name b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y all a's no o's and just as an fyi also um we did start a game critics instagram account and you can follow that i'm not really i got a lot on my plate so i'm not like doing like major updates but like i'll update it a couple times a week if you want to just see what's up with the side and you know it's not a, it's not a real like high power account but you can always follow us if you like that make me feel good um but that's going to do it uh for this week episode 318 thank you all again for joining us here on the soviet games podcast and we'll see you next week Fuck. god damn it. we can't do it let's not do it we, we can't do it Watch. Here's what we're going to do. Watch. You do it first, and then I'll do it after. It's going to sound good. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Next week. All right. No, no, no. Hold on. (laughs) Just do it like normal. That's going to do it for this week episode right over. And say, we'll see you next week fast, and then I'll go after you, and then we're done. Ready? Go. Okay. All right. All right. That's going to do it for episode 318. Thanks again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. See? All right. That's fine. I accept. I accept. <laughs> <laughs>